Welcome to Pixels and Pints Podcast. I'm <laughs> and I'm Michael. <laughs> I'm only immediately that delisted from all services. Yeah. Welcome to Pixels and Pints Podcast. I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. And we're two dudes talking about video games and drinking pints. Uh, yeah. Today I got, I'm revisiting the 903 Wee Heavy. Uh, it's okay. It's Scotch Ale from 903 Brewers. Um, I don't know. It's a pretty good little beer. Um, I don't know what the ABV is on this. I, I'm sure it says it. 10.8. Holy shit. That um, is a little Wee Heavy. Yeah. What do you got over there? I, I'm getting wild. I'm got I got the pumpkinator, dude. Fuck. I got the pumpkinator. So I'm oh. doing a 2020. Uh I believe this is um I believe this was given to me by Sofa. Uh, That's right. We showed up at his house and he Yeah. Oh. No, it was a I think it was a birthday gift. Like we were going to like oh, yeah, we yeah. went to go drink at that one place and then uh he came by and he just gave me like six bombers. Holy fuck. Yeah. So, and I think they're all 2020. So I saw them there and uh, I think I just need to get, I just need to drink them. Yeah. They're, they're good. 2020 was a good year for them. Yeah. And, um, oof. Yeah. So Pokinator out of, out of Houston, Texas with St. Arnold. What is the 10.5? So I'm, I'm heavy with you, man. Yeah. And that's, uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, two pints worth of booze in there, right? I think it's a pint and a half. Okay, that's still a it's lot. A pint and a half. It's still, a yeah, lot. A lot it is a lot. Done. It's gonna. I, I hope I make it through. We're we're gonna I'm, find out. I'm I'm sure you will. Uh, I drank when when we when we did it, and I had the pumpkinator. I drank the entire motherfucker while we were on film, and uh, I was wild as shit afterwards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pumpkinator turns you into a different beast. You even got like a little Halloween glass there. What is that? Yeah, this was, uh, I think this was from the Pumpkinator event uh, that they had a while back. Mm -hmm. um, I love shit like this. I love shit like this. Yeah, a little, I mean, you're, we're both kind of uh, whores for uh, collectible memorabilia from shit <laughs> that we enjoy. So, yeah, I um, am a whore. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh there's a there's a weird little story that I have. Uh, okay. So I was actually streaming. I, was, I forget what I was playing. I think it was the near Automata. I think it was. And um, there's this weird ass dude who kept who kept like watching and commenting because he really apparently loves Tubi and like looking up her skirt and and looking at her panties and shit. Super uncomfortable. This dude was making me. Yeah. Um, but he gave me kind of like uh, he's like nice glass, bro. But I don't think, I think it was more of like, uh, what was it like? He thought I was like this fucking weirdo who drinks everything out of like these little chalices or something like that. Just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I kind of felt dirty afterwards. I was just like, oh, dude. no, that's, it's not what you think it is. It's that it opened the flavor that smells. Cause like, dude, he you thought know, you were alpha as fuck, dude. Yeah. I just like, yeah, this motherfucker drinks out of a chalice everywhere he goes. Yeah. Fucking shirtless, chalice drinking, fedora wearing, <laughs> long hair having motherfucker. This dude is just like me. Motherfucker exactly. really into upskirting. That's like my favorite part about Near Automata is when you do try to like upskirt her, she jumps away from the camera and stares at you. It's it's a fucking achievement. Yeah. Is it fucking really? Yes, it's an achievement. You have to do it like, I think it's like five or ten times. 
So once you do it in like a certain number of times, it actually pops an achievement. Damn. I, pl- I, well, I didn't, pl- whatever Steam's version is called, I 100%ed the achievements on Nier Automata on Steam. And that is one that you have to pop in order to get 100%. Yikes. 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 It was. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable the entire time. Yeah, I I streamed it once, and uh, one of my one of my buddies kept telling me, "You got to self destruct, dude. You got to self destruct. You got oh to." Oh my fuck! Because you get to yeah. see your butt cheeks, dude. And I was like, I did it once, and I was like, "Yeah, it's cool." And he's like, "And that, and that, I like that, man." I was like, "Yeah, that's neat." <laughs> you know, like it's cool that they put that in there. It's weird that only your dress explodes. Um, but whatever. Yeah. No, the, the dude, the dude in my, in my chat, he was explaining to me how I would be able to keep it, how I wouldn't accidentally change it so that, you know, her entire dress wasn't destroyed or her entire dress was destroyed. So he's just like, Hey, if you want to keep it, like you got to just make sure you do this. Cause if you do that, it's good. It's going to completely change it. And like, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah, and that's exactly what I did as soon as he told me that. Just like, yeah, perfect, perfect. Thanks, man. I'll uh, yeah. I'll write that down in my creepy guy handbook, uh, and I'll pass that along to other creepy guys that I see at anime and video game conventions. You know who you oh, the fuck are. I love that this episode is going to start off with just slamming all of these people. <laughs> Fucking love it. <laughs> Because I've had this hate in my heart for so long, and I'm glad I'm finally able to let it out. You know what I mean? Dude, uh, no, I get it. I, I feel it sometimes, too. Uh, it's, I don't know, the media that we mess around in, right, with video games and anime and shit like that, it, uh, or just even, like, regular media, it kind of invites creeps, so. It does. Well, okay, and to be fair, to be fair, I actually, I want to say that the developers and especially the Japanese developers, they they kind of lean into it. Yeah. Or maybe they don't. Maybe this is just how they do shit. No, I mean when you mm-hmm. when when they interviewed Yoko Taro about Dragon Guard three and about Nier Automata, like the characters, he was just like, I like pretty girls. That's it. There you go. And so he just he leaned hard into it. Uh and he was like, I wanted them to be attractive and classic looking and uh and then he was like, all the fuckable media, you know, I'm paraphrasing this now, all the fuckable media all of, fuckable my, media. of, of my OC, uh, I jerk it, you know. But he did say that he keeps all of them. He has a folder on his computer of all of the artwork that he finds online of 2BA2 and the uh, Dragon Guard 3 protagonist. That's wild, because I've seen some of the artwork, I've seen some of the artwork they put on sale for eBay. Mm-hmm. Fucking wild, dude out of control yeah <laughs> I got, they, they invented they invented a labia dude they invented a labia for her there's we're definitely getting demonetized if this happens yeah we yeah. are uh so they make adult toys of them you know what? I'm not surprised. I don't no, no, no. That. Okay, no, no, no. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that in like a physical sense. I oh. meant that as more of like an artistic sense. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah, because they're like not supposed they, to have sexual organs, but they can get them attached if they want. Oh, you think the artists give a fuck about any of that shit? No. Well, I mean, because then when you talk to one of the God, we're not even in this episode yet. No, no, when no, you no. talk yeah. to one of the the people on the deck 
when you're in the the space station, she talks about like the genitals that she chose. I guarantee you, these people that drew this art Did have probably never played the game. They're just like, True. this bitch is going to throw in a hard camel toe and she's going to be bent the fuck over. And I'm going to sell it on eBay for 40 bucks and I'm going to sell like 10,000 copies. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes I think about that too when I see all the cosplay chicks. Um, and I go, I know they've never played this game, but they're looking kind of cute in this outfit. And I know that they're doing it to make sales. And then, and then I don't want to like, I don't know, like, uh, what do you call that? Uh, gating, whatever the fuck it is, not water gating, but when you keep somebody out of, uh, of your fandom. Uh, Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. But for the audience, uh, what is it called? It's, I I guess maybe gating. You're, you're. You're gating somebody out of a fandom yeah. for a specific reason. Like you're not a real gamer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because because people do that to a girl. Yeah, people do that to kids with uh, ACDC shirts on and shit, or like cute girls with like Nirvana shirts, and they're like, "Name two songs by Nirvana." I dare you. And they're like, "I don't know." Smells my like Teen Spirit, fucking heart shaped box, right? Everybody uh, knows those songs. <laughs> so, holy fuck. So I, I guess I guess to catch everybody up on. Um, us missing an episode. I was gone. I was out in uh, California. I went to Crunchyroll uh, Expo. It was fun. It was all anime and shit. Watched a couple concerts. Met a band. Got some autographs. That was fucking rad. Bought a lot of shit. A whole lot of shit. Um, I saw pictures. Yeah. It was a lot. Uh, you had to ship it out, didn't you? I did. Uh, I shipped a big box home, and then I stuck the rest of it in my carry-on. And my carry-on was... 10 pounds over the weight limit. So I had to pay an extra hundred fucking dollars to ship it on the plane. The girl literally asked me to just throw away my stuff in the luggage. She was like, you can just throw it away and you won't have to pay this hundred dollars. I was like, I have no less than $800 worth of cool shit in this box. Like I'm not throwing shit away. If I throw anything away, it's going to be my clothes and that's probably a pound and a half. So not going to cut it. Right. Um, so yeah, I was that out doing crazy. that. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. So I was out there for uh, five days. Uh, during that time, there wasn't very much gaming news, uh, so no one Absolutely missed anything. Not. But then That's I true. come back, and it's just a fucking shitload of gaming news. Right. We all waited for you, bro. I I appreciate it. The world was like Crunchyroll is going down. That is a box. Oh, is it crinkly? Oh well, I can't hear it. Um, I couldn't hear it. Yeah. Oh, she doesn't like the sound of it. Um, so whatever I'm doing my feet, I got to quit. Uh, <laughs> huh? Okay. You're a terrible person. I kind of agree with her. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't hear it, but I could tell like you're, you're, you're kind of a piece of shit, bro. All right. Kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> More editing time. <laughs> so, uh, where, where was, where was, I? uh, yeah, so the, yeah. I guess all the gaming news is back in, in swing now. Um, we had uh, some new uh, Hogwarts come out, right? Some new shit about that. Um, the it's new venereal true. disease. Venereal disease. I'm keeping up. This is a callback. Yeah. I call this a callback. <laughs> so the venereal disease known as Hogwarts Legacy. I'm not having trouble. Like I think it's the alcohol that actually allows me to, to pronounce this. So Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, no, never mind. I fucked it up. Yeah, so, you fucked it up. Hogwarts Legacy. Infection date, February 10th, 2023. <laughs> so get your Hogwarts. Yeah. 
catch it on February 10th, 2023, except if you play on Nintendo Switches. Unfortunately, you'll have to catch that shit later. Yeah. And and before you catch it, you got a little bit of extra time to go get some Valtrax. Uh, use code word uh, Pixels and Pines podcast to get 20% off your order of Valtrax to fight against the Hogwarts disease. Or make sure to rub that shit on every day. You know you do it anyways, <laughs> so you might as well might as well just get that protection. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, so they, we also had a THQ uh, Nordic showcase. Um, THQ Nordic is a a really cool developer company. Uh, they kind of like absorbed a shitload of other companies a back in the day. A shit ton of companies. Um, and they absolutely they are the holders of the IP for. Um, the Darksiders series. And when I saw they came out with the showcase, I was like, here we go, baby. Darksiders 4. Just give me a logo. Just give me the fucking Bayonetta 3 treatment. Didn't get shit. But we did get a shitload of other games. Uh, some shovelware, I feel like. Uh, some Probably, actually yeah. kind of genuine uh, looking stuff. So they started out with the Handy Games Publisher Reel, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, I guess, some hippies over at the Hero Beat Studios put together all this shit. No, this is uh so actually okay. So my bad. Um I actually put the bullet point a little bit higher than I was supposed to. Oops. So yeah, my bad. So we're gonna do a little live editing here. A yeah. little bit of live editing. So uh the hippies were actually for the endling game, Extinction is Forever. So oh. a hippie, the hippie company called Hero Beat Studios has developed an echo conscious survival adventure game. And it it looks like it's going to be heartbreaking, to be honest. It probably is. I guarantee some of our cubs are going to die. So in oh, case yeah. you didn't notice or you don't know about this game, so it is a 3D side-scrolling game uh, where you play as the last mother fox on Earth and her three cubs. This is going to be heartbreaking. So uh, it is an indie game uh, in all senses of the word. It includes the indie aesthetic. You have the flat-shaded uh, very sharp kind of uh, design on the on the characters and on the mm-hmm. world, um, and it's actually been released already. So it was released on July nineteenth. It's probably was it July nineteenth? I think I think it was July nineteenth. So this is a, this game's a month old. Yeah, um, I haven't heard of it uh, until this showcase. Um, but if you are interested in being one of those hippie sons of bitches, you can play it on PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and on your Switch. Hell yeah. Excuse me. Um, I I think it'll be uh, a game that I probably pick up. Um, I'm not sure when I'll play it, but it looks like something I would be into. Um, right after that, we got Dexit Eternal Matters. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a light puzzle 3D platformer developed by Sandbloom Studio. Um, I did like the voxel uh, animations they had and stuff with the the big bosses and all that shit. Yeah. Um, it. I don't know. This seems like it would be like a, a fun little romp, like a little two, maybe four hour game. I have no idea how long it's going to take, but. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting that they, they come, the way that they described it is so out, out front, they have that, uh, that voxel kind of look. Mm-hmm. It's very simplistic, uh, flat shaded uh, textures and things like that. However, they seem to have gone a little bit further with the uh, visual effects um, they've done motion captured animations and cinematic. <laughs> I even, I fucking phonetically put this word out cause I know I'm not going to fucking do it, <laughs> but in quotes, cinematographic, 
cinematography, cinematographic, something like that. So they have a very modern kind of complex approach to animations, presentation styles, the 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 visual effects that go on, and it kind of clashes. I get their intention was to have it clash with the kind of simplistic uh, voxel 3D look. Okay, okay. Yeah. And it's it sounds like it's going to... It's going to cover some heavy topics. So you're, you are playing as a skeleton who explores what they're calling the plane of memory. And the game is supposed to revolve around a story that is a reflexive journey about death in the afterlife, which tend to be kind of taboo subjects. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's a tough topic to talk about, especially if you've been surrounded by it. Um, so... I think it's supposed to be a thinking man's game about or oh. a thinking woman's game about do, do those you, kind of subjects. Do you think because the way I was watching, looking the uh, the gameplay, does it look a little bit more like Abe's Odyssey and shit like that, but more three D? Because no, Abe's Odyssey tended to be more two D. Yeah, yeah. Also, by the way, you have some static in the background whenever you're uh, oh. when you're talking. Yeah, Janet. Janet decided she wanted to vacuum during the podcast. Gotcha. Okay, just uh, uh, just double checking. All right. Um. So yeah, um, it. I think it's it kind of feels like it's going to be one of those. I don't want to call it a collectathon. That that doesn't seem to be what they're kind of going for. But I think it has that kind of gameplay look. Because hmm. um, we haven't seen too much about it. Uh, it's a very, very short amount of gameplay, um, but it seems to be uh, kind of a traversal type thing. Um, you're going through an environment, maybe finding things, and then eventually fighting monsters and stuff. So we, we still have more that we need to hear about it. Uh, they haven't given a release date on when this is going to come, but uh, it's going to be available on essentially all platforms. So PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, you'll be able to pick it up no matter what you play on. Okay. And is, hmm, all right. Seems like it'd be a good game. Uh, after that, we got Airhead. Uh, now, this looks like a Metroidvania game where you kind of like float around and shit, right? Yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting. So they didn't they didn't really talk about it or really go into depth about it, but it seems to be that you're actually your character Airhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the titular character. Um, <laughs> is the body and the head itself is essentially an organism that you're using as a head so it's kind of like a symbiotic re- relationship kind oh, of that's thing that's cool that's cool yeah so in one of one of the gameplay sections that they showed during this presentation you were actually uh having the head like float above water and your body was swimming underneath to oh, essentially, yeah, I guess, yeah, you know, collect that, yeah. something. So I have a feeling that you're just essentially guiding this head as they're, and they, and they capitalize the first letters of these words, body and head. So I'm not too sure what the ramifications are. names? Would, it could be a name. It could be maybe a deity-esque. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so you're essentially... Like you said, Metroidvania style puzzle solving. Uh, and at the same time, the head itself is apparently deflating. So you have to find air tanks to 
uh, to keep it alive, essentially. So, and in and other aspects, you can, you know, inflate the head so you can do things like floating around and whatnot. Yeah, I, I did see all of that. It doesn't seem like there's any fucking combat in this game. It looks like it's all like puzzle solving type of Metroidvania, or did I just miss okay. something? I mean, it could be, it could be just a puzzle that is kind of like an environmental danger. Like maybe there is what you consider like a monster, but it's not necessarily something that you actually fight. It's just mm -hmm. something you avoid death. You know what I mean? Okay. But that, so I mean, they didn't release like, much about it. Yeah, uh, they haven't talked much about it. Um, it's supposed to be puzzle heavy. So if you're, if you're somebody who is, you know, you know, bash your head on the table type of person, uh, potentially this is something going to be up your alley. So cool. um, they, they're trying to keep it kind of mysterious. So we we're trying to explore the true connection between the head, the air tanks, and the technology, blah blah blah. So, so it could be a good story along with some some nice puzzle solving and whatnot. So the 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 release date is currently set for this year, twenty twenty two, but they haven't given a definitive date. And mm -hmm. again, like most of the most of the games in the in the handy games publisher side of this stuff, um, they're basically releasing on all platforms. So PC. Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, uh, you'll be able to get your fix. Oh, yeah. Uh, right after that, they showed Parish, which is uh, developed by the Edge Lords at Item 42. It's a stylish four-person FPS. Um, it looks like it's you versus a bunch of hordes. Uh, so slay hordes of creatures on scorched sands of purgatory and sell their gold-stained corpses to uh, caravan priests. Craven priest. Craven priest. I was like, Craven. I was like, when the I didn't see caravans on there at all. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll go with caravans. Uh, I can't fucking read. Uh, I guess that is a uh, a callback to me not being able to read from previous episodes too. So fuck it. Um, it looks like they've already released a demo on Steam, but they haven't released uh, an actual release date for this. And it, unlike everything else that's in, been in the uh, presentation, this one's PC only. Yeah. So outside of like, I'm, I'm a real, I got a real hard on for, for like Dark Souls mm -hmm. and games like that. So the aesthetic itself is kind of dope. I really like that dark fantasy, just kind of just everything's kind of fucked, but you know, everybody's also knights and priests and, and clerics and sorcerers and bullshit like that. So but I you also have pistols, right? Yeah. But you also have pistols. You have guns. <laughs> So, however, that ties into the to the world, whatever I don't know. Um, but it look yeah, cool as fuck, though. It does look cool as fuck. It's uh, it's very edge lordy, though. I will give them that. In the trailer, if this is the right one that I'm thinking of, it starts off with like some statue holding its face, covering its eyes, and like there's light leaking through it. And I was like, oh, this this is uh, like it reminds me of the weeping angels from fucking Doctor Who, which is super <laughs> weird stuff, but. Uh, it kind of got me excited about it. The next one, though, Rat's Quest. I'm fucking all in for it. We're going into this, like, weird genre of, like, where people are making games where yeah. they're just exploring, like, what it is to be this animal and, like, this epic adventure. So you're getting that. You're playing as a rat. It's developed by the Dreamarians. It's a 3D action adventure game uh, with grammar just as bad as their standard name. <laughs> Actually. Sorry. I should... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I don't read all the bullet points here. So with grammar just as bad as their studio name, the game is described as such. You play as a as Matt, a young male rat living uh 
I'm gonna just let you talk through this. I okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. So this is this is just me making fun of their of their Steam listing. I I gotta say, like I I'm I'm being really sarcastic about this up front. No, and you should but, be. But otherwise, like the game looks fucking good. It looks <laughs> really dope. fucking good. So so the game is you play as Matt, a young male rat living as part of a rat commune in an abandoned wine cellar. Right. I'm in. But not just that. You have felt in love with a female house mouse named Nat. Matt and Nat. Hey! hey. You know, just like our names rhyme. We're meant to fuck. So Nat is a house mouse. I'm I got like some Uncle Tom kind of like vibes with it. So I don't know if this is this is kind of the direction they're going in or not, but hey, you know, like maybe this could be like a, a an issue, like a it's an allegory to race, maybe. Maybe. So uh, this female before, house mouse. Before you is... go on, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just gonna interrupt here just a little bit. I was thinking about allegories earlier because I was, I was thinking about never ending story. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a line in there where Atreyu is talking to the wolf, and he was like, "Yeah, but why why is you know why is the nothingness spreading?" And he was like, "It's because you lose hope and you let go of your dreams, and so then you're captured and the nothingness grows." And I was like, is this, this movie is for children. Is this telling children to never let go of their hopes and dreams as they become adults? Because then they just become consumed by the nothingness of life and their lives become pointless and meaningless and sad and depressing. Wait, so isn't this the same movie that kind of breaks the, the fourth wall yeah, and, and asks he, you to believe? It is. Kind of, kind of seems like it falls in line with the theme of the movie. Yeah. So anyway, so allegories. <laughs> Uncle Tom is uh, Uncle Tom. Yeah. yeah. So he's <laughs> Matt is trying to get in and bang Nat. So he's uh, he's trying to a bang scavenger, Nat. right? Yes. So he convinces his commune. I, I'm assuming this is kind of a um, a a distraction he's like yo guys i'm gonna be a scavenger i'm gonna bring some food back to the commune mm -hmm. but i'm really trying to get fucking pussy i'm trying to get some i'm trying to get laid bro but he doesn't want to tell him that so he decides to become a scavenger mm -hmm. which i'm going to put in quotations and also in quotes because this is coming directly from the steam listing for sneaking to his beloved somehow officially hmm. Hmm. so they can escape to the outside that's exactly what they're going to do. Yep. So for whatever reason, not as all as it seems within that rat commune in that, that wine cellar. But Dang. whatever. So it seems like you're, this is probably the introdu introduction part of the game where you finally meet up with Nat. And just when you're about to just get your dick wet, something <laughs> happens. And you find yourself way far away from the house. So... Essentially, it's a kind of 3D action. Maybe it's kind of like a hack and slash type of thing. Yeah, because he's got a sword and shit. He's got a sword made from a rivet, which was yeah. super fucking cute. I'm not going to lie. I just like, oh, like, yeah. And you have nails as throwing daggers, apparently. Ooh. So it looks really good. So the at least maybe in the excuse me, in the section that we saw, probably the right before you find yourself outside. It's probably going to be a little bit more of a, a kind of a, a platformer type thing where you're just kind of 
shimmying up pipes and, you know, scurrying across different sections of the house trying to get to Nat. And then for whatever whatever happens where you find yourself, either maybe the rat commune decides to kick you the fuck out. He's like, yo, he's like, you're trying to get late over here and we're fucking starving, bro. Like, yeah, that's fucked up. He's like, you've been banished or something like that. Oh, or shit. maybe you get caught banging the, the fucking house mouse and the owners are just like, nah, you got to go. Peace out. And so eventually you're going to have to make your way and to, you want to, you want to be with your beloved for sneaking to his beloved somehow officially is what you want to, is what yeah. you want to try to do. So this, this, uh, this game kind of reminds me of, um, a movie that came out a couple of years ago called of love and monsters where it's, um, a love story between these neighboring kids, uh, young teens, the world becomes over overrun by giant monsters like kaiju size fucking worms and shit like Jesus uh and uh they get separated and he finds out that she's still alive and he's a scavenger for his group and then he's like hey I'm gonna go I'm just gonna go find her and then it's like man you ain't never coming back so he goes and finds her and uh comes back uh cute story holy yeah <laughs> You might have just outed this developer. They completely lifted the story from that movie. Yeah, I mean it's it sounds pretty close. Um, <laughs> any you know any scavenger groups uh, type of gameplay and trying to find somebody you love. Um, well, thank you. Sure I was it's... looking forward to this movie, but I can see a copyright, a cease and desist coming now. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, we also got Lethal Honor Order. Hold of... on. Just, oh, keep just going. Real keep quick, going. Though. Keep going. Just real quick though. Outside of that. Uh-huh. Still no release date coming on everything. Oh, PC, yeah. Xbox, PlayStation, Switch. Just wanted everybody out there to know if the case they find this grammatically incorrect, terrible developer name uh, interesting, um, <laughs> we'll fill you in whenever we know more about it because this actually does look fucking Yeah, up, so. Yeah, this is definitely going on it. the wish list for sure. It is. Um, right after that, uh, they showed Lethal Honor or Order of the Apocalypse. Another game... Uh, 3D action adventure roguelite presented in a three-quarter perspective developed by Viral Studios. Um, looks neat. Does. I, I I really like the... So as far as like the presentation style, they have a very strong comic book aesthetic going mm -hmm. on. Uh, I I don't want to call it like Borderland-esque, but kind of like that. You know, very, very prominent... Do, is it... Do they have solid lines? I don't remember. Borderlands don't remember. does. I don't remember if this Borderlands one does. I don't remember if it does either, but, uh, you know, they have like the bam pow kind of like, you know, uh, bubbles and things like that, similar to comic books. Okay. So they're, they're, they're focusing hard on that kind of presentation. And as far as what you're going to be fighting, they're focusing on like the eldritch kind of like vibe when it comes to the things that you're going to be fighting. Large is kind of like mysterious, weird creatures things like that um it, they didn't really show too much uh, it's it's supposed to be a roguelite so i am assuming that you're going to be slowly over time gathering more powers and more abilities to be able to kind of get through further and to get to the end and and whatnot so um they imply that their progression model is a new take on roguelikes but they didn't give any information about what that exactly means but if you've played enough roguelites, I, I don't know I don't know how much they could really change the progression model that makes it that kind of gives it a breath of fresh air, I guess if you want to call it that. But that's what they're claiming. 
Um, but outside of that, the the presentation actually looks pretty dope. I, I really enjoy it. But again, they haven't really given a lot of information about it. Um, not even a release date. But when it is available, should be on all platforms, PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch. You'll be able to check it out for yourself. Man, uh, we're, I, I guess that's going to be it. It's it's always it looks like this is going to be a theme for all of these games. So with no release date or just a giant window of time, uh, basically, yeah. The next game I was pumped when I saw it. Uh, it reminded me of a game that I used to play a lot as a kid, uh, Destruction Derby or Demolition yes, Derby. It was um, Demolition Derby. I think it was. I think there was both. Was it <clears throat> Destruction Derby? I think it was Destruction Derby. Now that I think about it, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. I used to play that a lot with a bunch of kids that I grew up with in uh, high school and middle school and shit. Me Maybe too. just high school. Um, but this game is Wreckfest Mobile. Uh, it's an original game by developer Bugbear. Again, still demolition derby style racing game releasing sometime in 2022 on iOS and Android. I think it's kind of fucking weird. Uh, most of the stuff that we cover uh, in news is very specifically uh, console gaming or PC, right? Uh, and and for the most part, we don't see a lot of mobile games being released uh, in big presentations like this. So I thought that was kind of it. Kind of caught me off off guard a little bit. So, um, well, I mean, it's it's a it's basically a port of an old game. So Wreckfest is, I think, uh, it's like four years old or something like that. At oh this shit! Point. I had no idea. Yeah, so so the original Wreckfest, I believe, is. Uh, I think it's a is it a PlayStation Four Xbox One kind of game? I don't remember. Um, but essentially, this is just a mobile port. Um, but yeah, like I, I understand what you're saying. We we don't we don't get a lot of uh, 2014. This game was released in 2014. Holy Fucking shit! Hell. So yeah, so if you if you're if you're interested in this game, uh, you could pick it up on essentially everything right now. So. I imagine they probably added some new shit to it or something, but maybe I, I just they're trying they're trying to get that they're trying to get that mobile money, bro, dude. Uh, well, everybody's doing uh, remasters and re-releases and remakes, oh, and the THQ next- is doing a ton of that shit. Yes, they are, and I am I'm on board for all of it, especially the first one, Alone in the Dark. I saw the trailer, I freaked the fuck out. Literally, it's so looks. Fucking- amazing it does um, oh my god i i hope they keep moving forward with shit like this bringing back these old games because old games had a lot more story in them uh in some cases than what we get now um and had because they had to rely on shit because graphics were so fucking bad right mm-hmm. um so it, it would be cool um you know if they they keep going down this path of bringing these stories into new generations and shit like that and you know, for us old old turds, allowing us to revisit these old games with uh, higher oh, fidelity. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So, what do you think about the uh, the Alone in the Dark presentation? So, I I don't have I have like very basic basic. I guess uh, <clears throat> very basic experience with the the original game. So, the mm-hmm. original games for Alone in the Dark were released. Um, by a company called Infogrames back in the early 90s. So, this is, so we're talking like 92, 93, 94. Uh, they released three or four. Uh, I don't know if the if the 
if one of the games, I think one of the games was just like a uh, kind of like a a stopgap between the full uh, second game oh, okay. uh, that they were doing. <clears throat> but it was probably one of the first 3D games that I remember playing mm -hmm. back in the mid 90s, back when I was just like a pirating little son of a bitch. <clears throat> <laughs> back when so pirating was actually fucking easy on old machines, right? Something like that, yeah. Like they put a lot of these games just up, and if you had an internet connection and a and a PC that could, you know, download and whatnot, and like you were you were good to go. Yeah. And Alone in the Dark was one of them. Uh, I think I've maybe got like ten minutes into it before I finally just stopped because I was like an ADHD having motherfucker, so I never really <laughs> stuck with much. <clears throat> but this this appears to be a reboot of the first game. So this is being developed by a company called Pieces Interactive. Um, and for those who don't know, Alone in the Dark, the 1992 game by Infogrames is a inspiration for the original Resident Evil game. Because in Alone in the Dark, you are stuck in a mansion and you are solving puzzles to get out. And what are you doing in the first Resident Evil game? I think you might be solving puzzles and trying to get out. Something like that. So I just remember yeah. being a Jill sandwich. So it's, um, and I do believe, I think that the, the developer uh, for the first Resident Evil game does, uh, I don't know what that means. And so I'm going to skip over it because I'm, I'm afraid <laughs> I to fucking ask. hate you, dude. <laughs> That's like the biggest meme from Resident Evil 1 where you're, you're Jill and you go in this room and the room is closing in on you and you're like freaking out and there's only a door and it won't open. So you're just like running around, running around, running around. You're just, and, and as a player, you're just like, what the fuck do I do? And the door opens and you run out and Barry's there. Barry's the guy who, who's with you when you play as Jill. And he goes, oh man, you almost became a Jill sandwich there. I it's just stupid. It's the stupidest fucking line in the game. Uh, and they left it in. They couldn't think of anything else better to write. Um, so I don't know. That's that's what that that you know that's what that's from. I can't even verify if that's true or not, but it sounds exactly <laughs> what Resident Evil is supposed to be. Because yeah. the only thing I know about Resident Evil One, because I think again, like everything else, I think I might may have played like three or four minutes of the actual game. Holy fuck! Is that the the cinematics are fucking terrible. The mm -hmm. dialogue is fucking terrible. It's so campy and so cringe that it's good in a campy cringe type of way. Yeah, I mean, which they I do believe. Yeah, so I do believe the original Lone in the Dark was kind of like that. They've kind yeah. of they kind of shifted it. They had a. I think it was like the the trailer for this reboot, whatever. I think it starts off with House of the Rising mm -hmm. Sun. So you have a little girl singing lyrics to the house that's of the right, rising that's sun right, yeah and she's tying a noose around her she's fucking neck a, oh they may have may have a little bit a little bit too far you I'm, know it's a little I'm, bit on the nose very edge lordy just like how do we how do we make this all kind of fucked up oh uh, you know what let's let's have her sing house of the rising sun and tie a noose around her neck yeah like, when i was yeah. watching it i was like is this a rob zombie fucking hit right now like <laughs> It, it it caught me. It caught me, dude. I was I was in from the from the get go. Um, no, for sure. I do sure. like the setting, uh, very specifically, like the noir setting here that you put in, and the HP Lovecraft inspired monster designs. The monsters look fucking sick as shit. Um, the fact that it's Lovecraft uh, has really got me on board. Uh, any of that cosmic horror shit like gets me going. So, 
100%. 100%. And the the noir stuff is like it's it's honestly my favorite genre. Like I if anything, of basically anything. Like I I have I have a very specific hard on for for like dark fantasy games like mm-hmm. like Dark Souls and things like that. But for whatever reason noir. So when I think of noir, I think of movies like Dick Tracy. And obviously that's a terrible example because there's some really good noir movies from like uh you know the 40s and 50s and shit like that that I've never seen but I probably will love if I actually decided to give it a chance. But just the, just the, the, the music that they kind of like, you know, just like the, the, the twinkling pianos and things like that, the lone twinkling pianos yeah. that they play over some of these, uh, I'm assuming cutscenes. Um, you know, where you have like the dame and this is the, this is the fucking investigator who has come in to kind of solve the case. He's wearing his fedora trench coat and things like that. I am all fucking in yeah, on this. Dude, they all they leaned in. they leaned heavy into that shit, um, and it gives a real good vibe and sets like a historical tone of when this takes place. Mm-hmm. And like, there's yeah. there's no guessing when you're in this game where you're at, right? And so I, I kind of like that. Um, and it looks like they're going to be using that the same Resident Evil formula from back in the day: the over the shoulder action, lots of puzzles. They're still leaning. Uh, heavy into you know what they created back in the the 90s so exactly so before we go any further yeah yeah, yeah. um there i i think i've i've added this somewhere in but um alone in the dark was actually teased um by the snitch so we have a twitter user the snitch uh we've mentioned him once or twice before on Mm -hmm. on this uh podcast um but he actually tweeted out a uh, a post on Twitter, um, basically repeating the tagline of the "Alone in the Dark" kind of. Uh, uh, I forget. There's a, there's a line, and I guess "Alone in the Dark" that kind of harkens back to the to the original games, and so he that's exactly what he tweeted. And I believe it's also God. How does he know I, all of this shit? It just blows my mind. Like there's a there's a lot of theories about whether he had he knows the. Um, the uh, he has the ability to view unlisted videos so and again we're we're talking about the um the the just kind of like the dumb ways that these large companies will deploy these assets right to these to these websites on their servers for these games that uh or you know just information about these these titles that are coming up soon that they mm-hmm. they lock and load on their servers uh in order to just kind of you know unhide them whenever the time comes so that way they don't have to do like a, de- a deployment or something like that yeah so the theory is that they believe that he knows the snitch he knows i don't know if it's a he they know we'll call him they um that they know how to find these unlisted videos and view them before anybody else because for what i want to say so the snitch uh so before so i i don't remember when the thq nordic uh presentation happened i think i believe it was this friday which we put that at august 12th august 11th something around there um but on august 9th he tweeted being afraid of the dark is what keeps most of us alive Ooh. And, and I don't know if that's a tagline for the Alone in Dark series themselves. It does sound like it because people were were immediately pointing at Alone in the Dark having been uh, being rebooted. But I did notice that 
this quote was also used by one of the presenters during the THQ Nordic showcase. Mm. So, so it leans it heavy be, that he already saw the fucking video, which is wild. Right. So it could be that it was because it's this was not a live stream. This was obviously something that was recorded, uh, you know, sometime in the past and then probably put on YouTube and enlisted. And they were just waiting for a time to unlist it and they would yeah. call it a streaming, uh, a streaming video. So. So we were kind of we were kind of introduced to the possibility that alone in the dark was going to was going to see a reboot and this was essentially just a confirmation of that hmm. um but unfortunately we don't know a release date for this yet we do know that this is next gen specific so it is only going to be available on ps5 and the xbox series consoles otherwise you're gonna have to pick it up on steam i love it dude so, I, I love the fact that this is just next gen only uh me too. It it looked pretty decent. It looked pretty decent. There was one part in the, there was one part in the. I I fucking love it. There was one part in the trailer where they have, just just like these old. Uh, I don't even know if you, what you would call it, but you know people. It, it's not a body bag, but it's like somebody was like a body was like stuffed into like a potato sack or something like mm -hmm. that, and it just kind of like you know, it's just laying in this in this area, and it just kind of sits up. So, you know, having this, this, that kind of, that vibe, just this, this horror thing, it's so fucking good. And I can't wait to, to get a release date and hear more about it, man. Yeah. Same, same, same. Uh, we got another remaster, uh, uh, similar to what they did, what, two years ago? They released Destroy All Humans 1. Yeah, they um, did. And so now they're, they're doing it for Destroy All Humans 2. Uh, they're calling it Reprobed. It's developed by Black Forest Games, and it's a remake of the 2006 game. So it's been a while since it's been out. Um, it's a third-person run-and-gun shooter. Uh, looks like you get to play as the alien. You get to fly around crypto. a fucking space. Crypto, yeah, yeah. You get to His name is Crypto. Perfect. It's it's a perfect time to release these these remasters. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody's fucking hungry. Uh, the the gaming industry as a whole. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of AAA games coming out and then like some, uh, a shit load of fucking indie games, but there's big holes in release schedules. Right. And then for yeah. uh, people to like latch onto nostalgia or replay old games, I think it, I think it's a fantastic time sp specifically with all the new handhelds that are out there. like the steam deck, the I Neo Odin bullshit where people are playing like PC games, like in their hands now. Uh, the the glow up right now about Spider Man being released mm -hmm. on fucking Steam. Uh, that game's old as fuck. It came out with the PS4, right? Um, yeah. And and people I are, mid 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 life cycle of the PS4. Okay. Yeah, mid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it came out with uh, a version of the PS4 where they had the red PS4. Yeah, I have the I have the collector's edition somewhere back there. God damn uh, it. So I I got into the PS4 late. Mm -hmm. uh, I, it started with Monster Hunter World, so whatever whatever time frame Monster Hunter Worlds came out, the Spider Man game came out not too far after that. Yep. So um, anyway, I, this is this uh, this game kind of leans on that uh, spoof of the 1960s culture and aesthetic, which is a lot like uh, what was that goddamn movie Mars Attacks? It's very much like that. Yeah, um, but you play as the Martians instead of viewing yeah. all of this from the humans' perspective. They, and they 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 lean heavily into it, so you're gonna get a lot of uh, psychedelic sections of the game where you know it's gonna be 
recreating like i don't know it's very colorful lsd you know kind of shit mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the um a lot of the i guess uh, the cutscenes and just the the characters and the story is very heavily seeped in like 1960s culture but i mean they they you know they take the piss out of the whole entire thing so you know you're gonna get the the hippies like oh man like uh like i'm so high and shit like that so and i i think this is also around the was it around the moonwalk or something like that the where the you know they first got into space i know one of the trailers has i i believe kind of like a thanos uh type of vibe where you know the the first <laughs> the first astronauts run into this dude who's like sitting on his little his little throne and he and he fucking like um takes over their minds or something like that so oh so it's it's around that time period and so uh you know like you said third person run and gun shooter for whatever reason i think you're fighting against the kgb or some shit like that <laughs> all right i like it. uh they did say it's uh coming out august 30th so just like really fucking soon um, yeah, a couple of weeks from now. And it's coming out on only current gen, again, PS5, Xbox Series uh, consoles, and the PC. So I guess get it on Steam. It's I weird forgot, that it yeah. isn't. It, it, it's weird to me that like Alone in the Dark and Destroy All Humans aren't coming out on the PS4. I know that's I like see... last gen, but it doesn't seem like there's much of a degradation to get to PS4. Um yeah, and I keep forgetting that next gen. I what I mean by next gen is PS5 because mm-hmm. I, I guess it doesn't feel like the PS5 is and the Xbox Series consoles have taken over. But I, you know what? I kind of get what you're. I kind of get what you're saying. I think they'll have. I think they would have had a lot more success if they if they had put it on the last gen consoles PS4 because oh man, so much the install base on that on those consoles are insane right now. So yeah, it's so uh, fucking but, hard yeah. still to get like a PS5. So, I mean, they're, be, missing, yeah. they're missing a giant market there. Uh, that being said, I saw a uh, a post on Reddit, and it was like, rate my gaming setup, and it was a guy, and he's in a busted up, third world looking, uh, you know, fucking mud hut house with no floor, it's just dirt, and there's like broken bricks, and he has uh, bricks stacked up and he's got his ps5 sitting on a, a stack of bricks and he's got a couple of bricks stacked up and he's got a a 27 inch lcd monitor hooked up to his his thing and he's sitting on i think a bucket <laughs> and then there's like a bed just laying on the floor and it's like rate my pc set or rate my gaming setup so as as rare as ps5s are uh that guy fucking has one so <laughs> I don't I know. know. Maybe, Poor maybe. people are funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Thanks for taking the piss out of that, too. Uh, I, I was just going to say, you know, as rare as they are, wherever that fucking guy is, he seemed to found he found one. So. Hey, man, he is living his best life right he really now. Is. He doesn't give a fuck about anything. He's got his PS5 and his piece of shit monitor, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, his fucking it doesn't matter. monitor. Yeah. You know what? You don't need an OLED TV. You don't need a PS5 if you can't if you can't afford one. You know if it's available on last gen, it's fine. If you play it on the Switch, which obviously has the shittiest ports of all these games that yeah, we're probably does. talking yeah, about, it does. as long as you're playing and enjoying yourself, man, 
That's what fucking matters. It really is. It really fucking is, man. Don't get caught up in this fucking rat race bullshit. 100%, dude. 100%. Speaking of rat race and trying to get money, they released a game called Space for Sale. It's where you play as an intergalactic property developer. You bought an entire fucking solar system, and you're trying to create property on it. It looks cute as fuck. It's developed by Mirage Game Studios. Uh, I looks like fun. I love the aesthetic of it. I'm not gonna play this motherfucking game, but like, goddamn it, does it look cute as shit? Oh, it. I. 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 I don't like the aesthetic, but I. I really do enjoy the. Well, at least what they're showing us. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the uh, the idea that you're you have to develop this land in order to sell it to your alien clients, right? So is it is it like Minecraft where you're going out and collecting materials and building no, shit, or is it like SimCity? Like that? I I want to say that it's probably a little bit more SimCity esque. Okay, but I want to say that it's it involves, excuse me, a little bit more as far as what you need to do to develop that land. So I I want to say that you're probably doing a little bit of like resource collection. Mm-hmm. You're doing, and I don't want to call it base building, but I want to say that you're probably building some structures and maybe doing things to like, if you have like hostile creatures that exist in the planet that you're, you know, you're trying to develop on, mm-hmm. that you have to find a way to get rid of them. Okay. Okay. Um, but at the same time, you're trying to build properties and structures in order to get you the most return on your development. Right. So I'm assuming this is something going to be something along the lines of you're developing this area and building structures while taking care of like the alien life forms that may be hostile Mm -hmm. in order to get the best return on your investment. So maybe you are doing the best that you can in order to get the highest selling price. Okay. More or less. Because it does look, I want to say, when you said SimCity, I, I had the same kind of vibes too, because it does seem that you're building these structures and then you're also doing things like getting like power yeah. and you're building power lines to get to the structure in order for it to, you know, run. Yeah. So there's, so there's I had a, the same kind of vibes. Yeah. And my, I guess, I don't know. I, I was going to say, I was hoping it would be kind of like, uh, what was that other game where you, they came out that flop no man's sky. I was kind of hoping it would no be something sky. like that where, you know, there's, uh, uh, building sort of like that where you're going out collecting stuff and it, and you know you you bring up a good point because I had a I had the same kind of vibe with that as well because mm-hmm. some of the structures were kind of no man's sky esque yeah but it doesn't seem like that's the focus okay you know what I mean what is kind of neat though about this game that it has drop in drop out multiplayer so uh, two people can fucking cool, yeah. yeah did not expect that out of this. Um, I also didn't expect that it didn't have a fucking release date and then it's going to be steam only probably. Yeah. I couldn't find any information about if, whether, whether this was coming to other platforms or mm. not. So it does look like it's steam only for the time being, but, uh, as you said, it, it looks, it looks interesting. looks kind of fun. Uh, if, if I find it on sale, I'm probably going to get in like in a humble bundle, like a year from now where yeah. I'll be able to experience this. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd really like to try it out. Yeah, THQ, if you're listening, please give us Steam keys. Yeah, please give us Steam keys. Yeah, we'll play it. We'll stream it. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, re- we'll stream it. We won't I'll review it, it but I'll we'll talk about it. it. We'll talk. We'll talk the fuck out of it. Yeah. Um, I'm super drunk right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Did you drink a little bit before this too? 
No, I didn't. But uh, you are the bottle hammering is that. empty. Holy the shit! The bottle is empty, and this is all I have left. I was I, so the, our previous Dude. episodes. You you're a you're a beer nursing motherfucker in our previous episodes, and I wanted to bring Am it I? up to you. Yeah, because like if you watch oh. it, you barely drink. And then, I can't like, believe you're shaming me right well on the pod, bro. So when because you 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 end up talking a lot normally, uh, I know, w- which is good, right? Uh, I I I set up, you deliver because I don't know what's in the delivery, um, but in this case, you're fucking slamming this beer, and I'm super proud of you. I'm over here nursing, dude. I'm like a fucking, I'm like a young mom with a <laughs> with a baby on my titty. What a little bitch boy. Yeah. Oh, bitch boy. Uh, so this is the first time I've actually had another. I, I usually pour. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably super uninteresting to to everybody listening, but I don't care. Fuck I'm going to yeah, talk about em. it anyways. Um, I usually pour a single beer and that's it. Yeah. I might have some more. I might, you know what? Like I might even fucking walk out and pour myself another motherfucker. Shit. I got, I got, I got some lighter beers chilling in the fridge right now. So I might just pull those out. But yeah. This is um, this is not a good idea. This is not a good idea. So I hope we have something usable at the end of this. <laughs> I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Uh, it's, it's a 100% gonna be okay. I know. Yeah, dude. I I've been I've been dying. Uh, I guess probably just because I came back from five days of partying. All I've been thinking about all day is like, am I am I about to party? Um, uh, but it doesn't feel like it. But at least you are for me. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I guess we should get back on track. Uh, we got Gothic One remake, so another remake uh, coming out another from remake. Uh, Al Alchema Interactive. This is a remake like of an old ass game, dude. I remember when Gothic One came out. Uh, so this motherfucker came out in two thousand and one. It's a third person action RPG. Uh, so similar to, hmm, I don't know, any other third person action RPG. It's titled as a faithful remake to the original game. Got modernized combat, so I guess they fixed some of the combat bullshit. Sounds like it. It's um, it it seems like it's one hundred percent just a, an entire remake of the original game. That's good. Uh, those old I, those old games from like the early two thousands though, combat was pretty fucking jank. Yeah, so. there's a, there's a ton of these third person RPGs. In fact, like oh man, there was uh, I don't I can't think of it offhand, but um. There was a ton of these that popped up during the early 2000s, especially mm-hmm. like PC only. And man, I did I forgot just how fucking jank they were, dude. Yes. So fucking jank. It's 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 crazy to think that, you know, this is it's been 20 years. It's been 20 years. So if you're somebody who just discovered gaming in like uh, you know, like the 2010s or something like that and thought like, wow, this, you know, you're thinking back that the 2010s that gameplay was so fucking outdated. Just think about the really early, like 3d action adventure things that were coming out. It's horrible. Yeah. And it's really nice. Like you said that they're, they're taking the time to kind of bring these old games kind of into modern, modern territory. So we're probably going to have the same shitty story. Although I heard that this game is supposed to be like a hundred, 150 hours or something like that. So it's, Holy it's a fuck. Yeah, that's a lot it's for an old game. It really is a lot. You so didn't see it, like you didn't see games in the hundreds unless they were like, you know, PS one or fucking PS two RPGs, and like then, legit RPGs, right? Yeah, like you know, Final Fantasy Japanese and shit RPGs. like that. Yeah, JRPGs. 
uh, or maybe like, you know, until you got into like uh, Oblivion or, or Skyrim and shit like that. So like the Elder Scrolls games you would spend a lot of time in or maybe uh, Fallout and shit like that. You would, you know, spend 60, 70, 80 hours, but 110 hours for a fucking game is bananas. Um, so if you're looking for that, uh, we don't know when it's coming out. Again, no release date. And modern no. consoles and uh, PC only, so PS5, Xbox Series systems, and Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jagged Alliance is coming out, so Jagged Alliance three. Um, this looks new. I have this is not a remake, right? It is not a remake. I I actually love. I I really love this series. I played this this uh, the first game. Really? So Jagged Alliance Deadly Games in the late nineties. Uh, this was a PC only release up in this time and i do think this is only being released for steam but um so jagged alliance 3 is a new entry into the series uh developed by Haim hamamont i it's hard to disc- i don't know how to pronounce their names so i'm sorry guys <laughs> hamamont games so uh the jagged alliance series is essentially a squad turn-based tactical combat game it's a it's a mouthful so essentially the game revolves around you you're starting out as you know this person who hires mercenaries to complete these contracts Mm -hmm. so in the game you start off with like ten thousand dollars and you recruit from a list a huge list of different mercenaries and each of these mercenaries come with their own specialties things that they're good at you know if they're good if they're accurate shooters if they are good at explosives you know shit like that um so basically you have a giant list of mercenaries you can recruit from and based on the amount of money that you have on hand you're trying to recruit a decent squad to go in and complete these contracts okay so it seems to be more or less the same as other jagged alliance games did did this Um, one have uh interactive environments though i saw one of the srpgs that was in the presentation had a scene where the dude threw a grenade and it blew up the walls around the other guy who was like trying to hide behind some shit. Is it, was that this one or was it uh, the next game? I want to say that I think you can, I want to say that I think you can do the same thing. Okay. Um, I don't remember if the older games you were able to like blow up uh, structures and things like that, mm-hmm. but I, it wouldn't surprise me. It's been, God, I think I haven't played the Jagged Alliance games, you know, in probably two decades at this point. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, there's, there's probably a little bit of that. So, you know, I think it was actually this game. Yeah. In order to exploit, I guess your environment, you know, you can blow open walls so that way you can, you know, get enemy soldiers in the previous games, the old Jagged Alliance games. I don't know if there was like a turn base, a turn limit, you know what I mean? So you had like 30 turns in order to complete the contract. So in that case, you know, you have, um, I guess mechanics at your disposal to help to help you get get these contracts done in the uh turn the allotted turn limits that you have. Okay, okay. I, but I don't know if this is actually part of Jagged Alliance 3. It could just be just like just don't die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe maybe it just depends on the contract. So certain contracts have to be happen fast before like an enemy escapes after 30 turns or whatever, or you know. Yeah, and it kind of sounds like um that this is gonna be the, the trailer indicates that there's probably a uh, an overarching kind of story that is meant to be told, and you have the option whether or not you actually want to follow through 
with uh, this, uh, you're I think you're supposedly saving some this this uh, this woman's father who is like a I don't know I think he's some like political figure and so you're in there and he was kidnapped or something like that so it does sound like you do have the ability whether or not you actually want to follow through you're being mm-hmm. paid by this person in order to to rescue her father but you don't necessarily have to follow through with oh, that's her cool. orders and you can kind of go off and do your own because you know you're mercenaries right yeah so you can kind of go off and do your own thing uh, and I don't know how that's going to change the game uh, Jagged Alliance 2 I don't think was received very well compared to some of the older Jagged Alliance games. So we'll see if they're able to kind of turn this around and bring Jagged Alliance back to the, to kind of the esteem that it had back in the, back in the late nineties. Cause it was, it was a, it was a dope ass game. It was a dope ass game. I'll have to give it a look then. Uh, We got another RTS following right after that one, the Valiant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And this one looks kind of fucking right up my alley. So this is like Crusades, so the knights and all this other shit. So it takes place during the Fifth Crusade in Europe. Um, and it's developed by Kite Games, which is kind of a cool fucking name for a company that's making uh, games based on the Crusades and like knights and all that whole, whole genre. No release date on this one either. Uh, but it is coming out on a lot more shit. So we got previous gen mm. ps4 we got ps5 xbox one xbox series and steam yeah i think uh yeah so a whole bunch of a whole bunch of rts mm-hmm. uh type of games coming up i i like the fact that the genre is getting some love uh i hate when they've when the genre gets flooded though because rts are time-consuming motherfuckers um they really are yeah and we just got you know back-to-back weeks of like big rts games being re-released or remastered and all this other shit so uh i'm afraid that i'm gonna get uh rts out in 2022 2022 and 2023 so it's not hard because the next game we're talking about is tempest rising Mm -hmm. so tempest rising Funny enough, co-published by 3D Realms. So 3D Realms, we haven't heard of in a while. Yeah. Those are the those are the folks that brought you Duke Nukem 3D. And they were they also they were also the people that fucked up Duke Nukem Forever. And uh Bethesda, was it Beth- no, it was uh Gearbox. Gearbox had to come back and and save that that game uh from Duke Nukem development Forever. hell. From development hell. So uh, so this seems to be co- being co-published by THQ Nordic and 3D Realms, mm-hmm. um, and is being developed by Slipgate Ironworks. Love the name; it's a mouthful. And I, I want to say that I've heard of this this yeah. group before. Yeah, I think I have too. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure they've made some other fucking cool games. Yeah. So this seems to be kind of a Command and Conquer ish RTS. Um, it and it's it's super. It follows that formula pretty strictly based on uh, the video that we've seen. Mm-hmm. So this is a very classic Command and Conquer-ish game. You have three different factions you can choose from. It's base building, resource gathering, unit construction type of shit. You know, unit ready type of thing that's going to be screamed at you probably the entire game as you play. My, so, my nostalgia factor is kicking in hard for It this. really did. It really did. You know what I mean? So this seems to be, and it's along the same kind of uh, command and conquer like style realm. So a lot of tanks, a lot of infantry, a lot of bullshit like that. 
Hell yeah. Probably no harvesters or uh, I forget what was what was Command and Conquer. What did you Tiberium? I think is you yeah. you farm Tiberium in that game. So it's it's along those lines. So this is super classic, super classic RTS. Um, not much information given other than the 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 trailer that we saw coming in 20, 2023 sometime. Uh, not a, not a concrete release date. And this does seem to be Steam only. I can kind of understand that. I, I'm not too sure how these kind of like fast, you know, it's um, uh, what would you call it? Uh, is it keystrokes per minute or something like that? Yeah, you gotta have, you gotta second. have, yeah, you gotta have a high KPM to play really well with like StarCraft and uh, Command and Cocker and Warcraft yeah. three and stuff like that. And and it sounds like that that's exactly the kind of vibe that they're going for. So if you're if that's right up your alley, I think Tempest Rising is going to be something that you're going to want to check out. Uh, when it hits sometime in 2023. Did, did they announce if this is like um, online play or anything like that? I guarantee that it's going to be. Um, I They didn't talk about it, but the implication, I'm assuming, is that it, that's exactly what it's going to yeah, be. Like you I'm, could probably, they might have, um, so I did take a look at it, this on the Steam uh, store. Mm -hmm. So I do see that they potentially might have like cut scenes and things like that indicating that maybe there's a, there's a single player campaign that you can play through if you're not necessarily 100% into the competitive multiplayer. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure that Tempest Rising is going to be very multiplayer specific heavy. I, I think they'd be shooting themselves in the legs uh, and, 100%. and feet if they didn't do it with a, with a KPM based uh, RPG or strategy RPG game. Uh, you know, it, it leans right. so heavy into fighting someone else. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. One player chess is not fun, so you know, make it two it's player not. chess. Uh, we also got shown uh, Knights of Honor 2 Sovereign. I've never even heard of Knights of Honor 1, me either. Uh, so this was a complete shock to me. It's developed by Black Sea Games, another fucking cool name. Uh, and it's another medieval uh strategy simulation game, no release date, and also another Steam only game. But yeah, this is um. I, I don't I'm not a I'm not a big fan of this genre, but it it seems like it's a little bit of oh man, what is a civilization but I don't want to call it a civilization type game. It's basically you're you're managing a kingdom, mm -hmm. you're forging alliances, you're uh in in the trailer that they showed, like you can insert spies, like if a if a kingdom is having you know, some sort of like revolt or something within their populace. You can send in a spy to kind of uh, ignite the ignite, like the you know the populace to overthrow the kingdom and things like that. Oh, so okay, it's a okay. lot of it's a lot of that kind of shit. So you're forging alliances, you're you know backstabbing, taking over kingdoms, you know exploiting weaknesses and and people that you may know, and you know absorbing their kingdom type of thing. Yeah, and all of this again is done from like a board perspective, right? So yeah. like. You, it's none of this first person or yeah. shit. It's all, it's a simulation game. I guarantee if this makes your dick hard, you probably already know about Knights of Honor. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's not, it's, there's no release date released yet. I don't know if it's, if there's even a hint of 2022 being some, uh, a date where you, you know, a year, I should say that yeah. you're going to be able to experience this, but it's coming eventually. Yep. Uh, we got Outcast 2, A New Beginning. Uh, developed by Appeal Studios, who created the original game in 1999. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a remaster, or is this just like 
from Outcast One just just no, a sequel? Actually, so uh, I did look at the history of this developer. So they de- they created Outcast One in okay. 1999, and I think the big thing with the first Outcast was that it used voxels. Mm. It was probably one of the first mainstream voxel games released back in the day. Uh, so that was like its unique selling point. I never played it. I think again, my ADHD asked. I think I played maybe like an hour of it before I uninstalled it because I was a pirating son of a bitch and I had so many games to choose from. Um, but this seems like an actual proper uh, sequel. So the original game was released, like I said, in 1999. Uh, and I think at some point in time, they actually lost the IP to oh, some shit. other company. And then they ended up buying it back in the the late 2000s oh i remember this cover art dude from outcast this shit is old as fuck it's old as fuck and they're finally they're finally creating a proper sequel so i think from in the 2000s i want to say that they did maybe some uh, like a remake of the original outcast for modern for modern platforms at the time i don't i don't know if it's available for like ps4 or anything like that but yeah, it, it looks like there was another Outcast game that came out on PS4, and it, it was just called Outcast Second Contact, and it looks a little bit more Very. bright. Um, it's got the same dinosaurs and shit. The The environment's a lot more robust because the original one... Ooh, boy. Okay, so I will admit the original game back in the day, and if if you were around in 1999 and you were, you know, you were hip to this kind of shit, it looked a fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Nobody, and if you think differently, fuck you. Fuck you in the ass. <laughs> that said, looking back now, it's a hunk of shit. Yeah, it's a flaming fucking hunk of shit, dude. It looks, it's a hunk of shit. It dude. looks fucking terrible. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that, you know, like everything else, uh, people are getting to revisit these old uh, IPs and make something new out of them. They don't have a release date for it. So who the fuck knows when it's coming out? Yeah, it, it's it. It looks like it's interesting. Um, you have a jetpack, and I believe that was part of the original game. I don't, I don't fucking remember. So uh, the the movement style seems like it's going to be interesting, and they have a, a a weapon module system that I guess you'll be able to swap in modules to kind of create like your own custom weapon. So this could be cool. Who knows? But as you said, no release date. It should be available on next on current gen platform. I keep saying next gen, current gen platform. So PS5, Xbox Series uh, consoles, and on Steam, sometime in the future. Who knows when? Yep. The next game leans heavy into that nostalgia shit too, with um, destruction derby type of vibes. We got Recreation, which is uh, an open world fucking racing game with 450 kilometers of open world space. They got over 30 cars across different categories. So you can be like a van, a pickup truck, a fucking sports car, a sedan, whatever. Uh, There's a live mix feature, which allows you to build your own tracks uh, on the fly and share them with friends. Um, This reminds me of like Hot Wheels for adults. Yeah. Um, so the world in this story, which is a stupid story, uh, giant platforms and loop de loops and <laughs> dumb shit like uh, Hot Wheels. They just appeared they just, one day out of thin air. Out of thin air, and then what is this? What could it be? <laughs> and you'll never find out because the only thing you're doing is fucking racing and having a good ass time. Uh, no one gives a shit that the world's falling apart. Basically. Um, 
This game is developed by Three Fields Entertainment. Never fucking heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they've made racing games before uh, because people just don't jump into that genre for their first uh, game. The downside of this, just like everything else on this list, there's no release date. Uh, it's current gen and PS4. Uh, oh, and Xbox One. So mm-hmm. uh, no, no Switch on here. It doesn't seem like any of these games are coming to Switch. So if you're if you only have a Switch, um, thanks for watching. We'll catch you on the next episode, I guess. Uh, and you have Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon's is coming oh, up. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, yeah so... stick around. We're gonna shit on Pokemon. <laughs> uh, we got Way of the Hunter. Uh, is the next game they had in there? It's developed by Non Rocks Games. I don't remember shit about this one in the presentation. So this one, uh, and uh, I, I kind of have some thoughts about it. So. It's supposed to be an open world hunting game. So think about like uh, Cabela. Oh, I, I don't know who I Cabela is, but, yeah. but Cabela has uh, a, a series of games where basically you're simulating what it what it means to be a hunter sneaking through the fucking forest or some shit and shooting the fuck out of deer. Mm-hmm. So this seems to be a little bit more involved, I guess, as you want to say. So uh, it it follows a story about a family who owns a hunting business and some sort of like sabotage and shit like that that happens uh, during the story. Um, So your purpose in life is to shoot animals in order to sell the meat, I guess, to keep your business running. Um, In this case, you're using the meat, uh, the money that you make from selling selling the meat to upgrade your weapons and equipment. So it's supposed to be open world. They said that the like the bullet drop physics are supposed to be like fucking impeccable. You know the the mo- the animal behavior models are supposed to be legit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I have a few things about this. Uh, one, Fuck I you, don't, man. I love animals. I, I love do, killing them. <laughs> one, I, I don't think you. Doing. I don't think you're allowed to sell uh game meat. In most states, uh, so if you hunt it and kill it, I don't think you're allowed to just sell the meat. I think you can sell like deer jerky, or maybe it is you just can't serve it in a restaurant unless you get certain permits. Whatever the fucking case is, um, I know there's like rules around it and shit like that, so that motherfuckers aren't just out there blasting the fucking wilderness apart uh, for 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 money. Because we we had that problem back in uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt's day, President Roosevelt. Uh, and motherfuckers were big game hunting across the fucking plains of the U.S. And we got rid of buffalo, but there was, you know, racist reasons for all of that stuff. Um, but we oh, made yeah. we made laws. We made laws uh, inevitably to get rid of all that stuff. Uh, also, uh, I wish I could sell my meat and make money, but that, no one buys men meat. So. I mean, you can you can go to Vegas and you could probably sell your meat. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know if I got enough meat to sell, so whatever. <laughs> but uh it's a it, it seems like it's a it's a cool game, uh sort of. I, I'm hoping that the the animals and stuff in there are, you know, like have a good AI about them and they're just not like, oh, I heard gunshot will run. Cause I hope there's fucking bears because that's what I hear when I watch like Joe Rogan and all these other dudes that'll go out and they'll hunt deer or elk. Yeah. Uh, and they'll kill it and they'll be like, okay. Let's go do something or whatever and leave this elk at the camp. And they'll come back 
and a bear will be in their camp eating that elk. And they're just like, oh, I'm fucked. What do I do? All of our shit is here. And this bear is having its way with everything that we got. I hope that there's shit like that. Um, I hope they play into that. But, you know, whatever. Maybe. I I have a feeling it's probably not that. I think it's going to be a whole bunch of shooting animals. And then it's, it. I want to say it's probably going to be a little bit more like those reality shows that you see on those fucking, on the fucking like history channel now, where it's just like, you know, like outdoor man or, you know, whatever the fuck. And so it's basically following him and his hillbilly, just kind of like redneck ass. just happens like, oh man, like, you know, what's his name over there, up there, man. He come over <laughs> and he keep just taking my kill, man. He can't be doing that, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, got, it's like, yeah, we're going to go talk to him. We're going to talk to him. You get and George it's just a whole bunch of just white people friend. just following him with camcorders and just just like while he lives his life. I have a feeling it's a little bit like that. I I, I doubt. I hope so. I hope your I hope your your player character also acts fucking stupid. Uh I don't know if you watch hunting videos like on TikTok and shit. But uh people get really fucking high off of killing animals. Uh there's one and it's he's a famous country singer and he's you like, bringing that up, bro. <laughs> I'm out there glassing. I'm glassing. I'm glassing. Like they, they get stuck in this loop. Um, I hope your character uh goes black like that. That's going black means um you you get stuck in a loop mentally because you can't process what the fuck is going on because of trauma or something like that, or something really great happened. Uh so I hope your player character has those type of dilemmas. Maybe, maybe that's what the I doubt it. Yeah. So I, this is I, not this is not really it. the way of the hunter. This no. is this is some bullshit game where somebody just fantasizes about killing animals. Uh play so, it if you want to. I had uh, I had that idea when I was looking at this. I was like, how are they gonna market this without sounding like a bunch of fucking assholes? Yeah. Uh and I wanna say that they tied the story mode. In order to appease the people, we're just like, you're just fucking shooting animals and, and you're selling the meat. meat so you can buy bigger guns so you can shoot more animals. Like, what the fuck? This is just realistic monster, monster hunter. I mean, like, yeah. we're over here yeah. bitching about it. And I we're, think, we're definitely I'm not eating about it. I'm not we're, bitching. We're definitely I'm, eating hamburgers and shit. I support so like, the slaughter of animals in order to feed me steak. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said, I do realize. The optics of a game like this, where if they didn't have something where just like your family can't survive unless you go out to the wilderness and hunt them animals. Now you gotta that, be you gotta be careful about saying stuff like this though, because like, did you see the Gordon Ramsay shit where he's walking around a bunch of sheep in yesterday or the day before on TikTok or YouTube or something? And he's delicious. Yeah, and he's walking out there. And he's like, ooh, tasty, mmm, tasty. Like, being fucking weird with these sheep as he's choosing one that he's going to slaughter and eat. Um, Come on, man. This is, this is just exactly like pointing out the fucking lobster at that seafood restaurant. Like, I want you to kill him specifically so he can show up on my plate and I can eat the inside. I yeah. can eat all his fleshy parts. Yeah. It's the uh, same shit. It is. It is exactly the same shit. It's weird to like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, don't want to get too into it. I uh, think we should change this podcast and we should just advocate for animals at this point because we're sounding uh, like vampires right now. We're sending, yeah, I'm I'm 100%, 100%.
all in on that. Because okay. I'm too drunk to really to really have like a nuanced take on this. <laughs> I'm like I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty just going it all in on the the base feeling on about okay. it. Yeah, I'm so okay. I, I'm okay. I'm okay are with now, eating animals. We are yeah. now uh pixels and bites uh podcast. Uh I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. And, and we're gonna we'll, talk about how we like to kill animals and eat their flesh. Wow, that went for a weird turn. That's not what I was going for. Anyway, so we got okay. AEW <laughs> Fight Forever. <laughs> AEW is a wrestling game. Uh, I didn't even know about AEW until this past weekend. Um, I've only known about WWE and WWF and whatever. Um, but it looks like a lot of those guys who left WWE uh, popped into AEW. Do you even know what that stands for? All equipment wrestling i don't know the fuck that means no it's like america american equivalent i don't know i don't i'm I'm not i haven't followed i haven't followed aew or wwf which is called wwe because of the the wildlife it's like a wildlife thing that sued wwe into changing their all elite wrestling is what it's called oh uh so uh okay so this is a weird fucking segue but uh, so this is being developed by a company called Ukes. And if you were a part of the WWE 2K series, they were developed by Ukes for a long time. Oh, a long so you time. have a so, familiar studio with like wrestling games coming in to make this. Yes. So they're a Japanese studio. And essentially they were like the the people who developed even on the japanese side of things they were part of the all like is it like all pro fire wrestling okay uh, okay development development studio so they were doing stuff like that and then they they ventured off into the american side with wwe and they did that for a while and uh for whatever reason uh it did seem like ukes the development studio felt that maybe they weren't being challenged enough because WWE games are similar to FIFA, similar to Madden, where they're expected to pump out a game every year. Yep. And I want to say that this studio had some public spats where they were just talking about how they just didn't feel challenged or they didn't feel like they were doing their best with these yearly releases. And what ended up happening is that 2K Games decided to drop them as a developer for the WWE 2K20 game, which is famous for people who love wrestling games because WWE 2K20 was probably one of the worst fucking games of that year. Damn. It was a buggy piece of shit. It got memed into shame for the quality of that game. I'm pretty sure, because I don't follow wrestling games i don't uh, either at all like since the nintendo 64 like that's how fucking out of date i am right no 100 um, and and i remember seeing a wrestling game the wwe one just super buggy motherfuckers clipping through the floor just wild shit i imagine that this that's that one it's 100 that okay. so they got dropped as developers and they brought i, I don't want to imagine being know the, so i don't mad. know the studio but and it's so it's so weird to say like we're not being challenged, we're fucking upset because we're not you know getting to flex our fucking you know developer muscles and whatever else, and and 
respect to that statement, you'd release the biggest fucking flaming pile of shit. They didn't, though. They took some other developer oh, okay, to create okay. the game. So oh, they were dropped. They were dropped. So WWE 2K19 was the last game that Ukes developed, okay. which was generally well-received. Okay. But around that time, they were saying just like, ah, I don't know if we're, you know, if we're doing our best with these yearly releases. And I think at some point they even had a competition within the studio themselves where they were uh, developing a different game. In order mm -hmm. to uh, ignite, I guess what you want to say, like um, passion, some sort of some sort of passion, some sort of competition within people within the studio mm -hmm. to say, "Hey, we can do something better." You know what I mean? And what ended up happening was that Two K, who was publishing this game developed by Ukes, was just like, "Nah, bro, like fuck you guys. We're gonna get somebody else to come in and take the and develop the next game for WWE Two K Twenty, and that was the game that was a flaming pile of shit." There's there's a lot of I from what I can remember when that actually came out it's hard to tell if there was just uh, a situation where the new development team came in had no idea what they were fucking doing they were expected to push a release out and this was the best they could do within the time constraints damn maybe Ukes was not the not the best receptive when it came to trying to work with these this new developer who knows 2k learned though because they actually skipped the release for wwe 2k 21 they kind of realized like we got fucking slammed mm -hmm. on this uh 2020 release yeah people fucking hated it we were the laughing stock on twitter and everything so we're gonna not release a game in 2021 and potentially release a game in 22. I think they did release a game in 2022. I think earlier this year in March, hmm. which was okay. okay. It was okay. So it wasn't as bad as the 2020 game, but they essentially just kicked out Ukes, brought somebody in. They fucked up their first game. They gave them a year to kind of catch up and do their thing. And 2022 seems to be an okay year for uh, WWE. I hate fucking saying this over and over again. WWE 2K 2022. <laughs> They seem like they're doing okay, so we may see another yearly release for that series. However, since Ukes was kicked off of that property, they moved over to a competitive property, AWE, and this is going to be their first official re uh, wrestling game since that kind of uh, departure. So it's it is what it is. It's an it's bas it's your basic arcade style of wrestling game. You're going to have a whole bunch of match types. They say they're going to have about nine different ones. Uh, the ones that we know so far are the singles, tag team, ladder match, casino battle royale, and exploding barbed wire death match, whatever that fucking means. Jesus I, Christ. I barely fire. I barely follow. That's all. Yeah. Exploding barbed wire. You know what I mean? So I barely follow WWE, you know, hell in the cell, that kind of shit. Like I could probably remember some of that stuff from back yeah. in the day when I actually used to watch it back in the early 90s. Um, but I, I don't know if this is a legit thing for AEW. Maybe it is. Um, another thing, you have a full creation suite. So, you know, you can create your own character, you create your own movesets, entrances, arenas, take your, you know, created character into career mode and things like that. So if you were a fan of the Ukes developed WWE games, uh, you'll be able to play this game sometime in 2022. Uh, I don't believe they've given a concrete release date yet, 
but it does seem like it's gonna happen sometime this year and you should be able to play it on whatever console uh that you're that you're playing on right now it's going to be on ps5 for xbox one uh probably the xbox series consoles switch and on steam damn damn that's what's up it's good to see them come back from like uh such a a, a rough development cycle into something like really good so yeah I, I think people are excited uh i heard a lot of good things um about ukes and i think they put a lot of blame on 2k and mm-hmm the essentially just blacklisting of Ukes as far as being able to to develop a, a new WWE game. So I want to say that the people who were hoping for another Ukes developed wrestling game are probably going to want to uh, check this out when it when it eventually does release. But yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, and it, you know what, like when you think about like development cycles and stuff like that, definitely with games, um, a year is not a long time to develop a game. Uh, and so to develop a game within a year, you probably need two years, which means you have two development teams running uh, side by side, slapping through shit. And, and that means that your plat, your, I guess your, your code base can't change much between the two games. And you're just adding shit just to make ends meet. I wouldn't doubt it. Like even the call of duty people. So um, they tend to do a yearly style release as well. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you have thousands of developers that work on those type of games, and there's hits and misses. There's definitely hits and misses because you have essentially a yearly development cycle. So you have a large group that develop the the base game and then a small subset that produces content for the game uh, for a year or so mm-hmm. until the new you know, release drops. So it's it's a vicious cycle. And I don't, you know, Ukes are nowhere near as big as uh, companies that develop the Call of Duty games. So no, not even close. I, I would assume that the, you can make maybe incremental upgrades as you go through and drop these yearly releases. And I'm sure it just becomes a fucking slog. Hmm. where it feels like you're just doing the same shit over and over again. And there's not really a whole bunch of room to really be creative and just kind of flex the other parts of the company that you do have. Cause you know, developers can develop, but you have a lot of creatives outside of that, that, you know, would come up with things with like new modes, different things to do, um, different animations. Cause it, what, what ends up happening is on these yearly release cycles, is that you don't have a lot of time. So if you wanted to expand on just the different things that you could do, you can, you know, do all new, uh, you know, motion capture things and whatnot. It's really hard to do that. So what ends it up really happening is. is that year after year, you'll end up having uh, reusable, reusable animations. And so it's really hard to differentiate between uh, one year and the other. And Madden does the same thing. Yeah, Madden, Madden will... FIFA. Yeah, Madden will, you know, take features away and then reintroduce them, you know, to try to to try to uh, get people hyped up when, you know, over the course of like a decade, you can watch your favorite football series lose features across years and then eventually they get reintroduced and talked about as if there's something new that were added into the game. And, you know, even uh, the Madden series got some shit because people were able to spot 
old assets that were advertising older games within the new game. So, you know, you're in Madden 2020 and then you're playing and then it's, you know, it pans across a, a, a stadium and you're seeing advertisements for like Madden 2018. Like these Our, motherfuckers didn't have it with as much people who developed <laughs> that game. Fun. They didn't have enough time to go through and clean up all the old assets. That's how fast these development cycles yeah. are. Yeah. That, I don't know. That sucks. Uh, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck those development cycles. I don't like it. Uh, we do have something neat coming in again. Uh, that's, you know, sportsy, but not really. We got Stuntfest World Tour. Which looks like yeah. Mario Kart mixed with Destruction Derby type of stuff, uh, mixed with, hey, I'm gonna jump out of my fucking car while it's flipping through the air, and hit a jetpack and fly around the level, find another car and keep fucking. Ra- this game looks <laughs> wild as shit. It's 18 players. And in a on an elimination stunt show with various types of game modes, you have like a ring, you have like a, um, uh, regular tracks like a Mario Kart with loop de loops and like bouncy mm-hmm. fucking weird areas. It looks wild. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so I remember playing Flat Out Two on the mm-hmm. original Xbox back in the early two thousands, and it kind of reminds me of that because they used to have mini games. So like they would have like basketball. And so essentially the way it works is that you drive down this uh, this short path and essentially you crash and basically eject your driver. Oh, like you eject out. your driver, you direct it out, you uh, eject him out into the sky and you try to like control this ejected person mm-hmm. inside of like a, 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 a basketball basket. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think they're taking it's like something like that. But like to the next level, like as you were saying. So you have a jetpack, so you can fly around, you know, go through rings. So uh, they're taking that uh, that kind of mechanic and they're expanding it out a bit. It looks really cool. That's cool really as cool. fuck. That's cool as fuck. Yeah. It uh, it maybe maybe it's like uh, Pilot Wings mixed in there with all those other games. Um, I could see that. Yeah. The, the the downside of this is it doesn't have a release date like most games. Uh, they do have a playtest weekend coming up uh, on August 13th and 14th. So by the time you watch this, it's probably over with. It's probably over. Um, and this game is going to be Steam only. Um, which yeah. kind of makes sense when it's a game that plays like 18 fucking players. Uh, most consoles have really dog shit net code for whatever reason. And maybe that's just developers putting out bad code. But uh, shit typically plays a little bit better on Steam anyway. Uh, next one, we got SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, it's kind of a weird resurgence in uh, the SpongeBob games. This is the yeah. uh, sequel to one of the other games it's called the, the Cosmic Shake. Um, I don't think this is the same company that developed the last one, is it? This is uh, Purple Lamp Studios? Probably not. I don't think they were. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the same company. Uh, this is a, you know, a 3D platformer. Uh, the uh, the previous SpongeBob SquarePants games, what was it? Battle for Bikini Bottom, was a fun uh, 3D platformer as well. You know, just like uh, Mario sixty four, Mario sixty four, uh, Banjo Kazooie, that kind of thing. Yeah, so jumping around, getting coins, beating up enemies, shit like that, having power ups, uh, a little bit of story to push you through everything. Um, there's thirty different costumes which appear to unlock different platforming and attack move sets. So you get um, 
like SpongeBob in his kung fu outfit that he uh, uses to fight sandy cheeks and shit like that. So um, I don't know. It looks fun. Uh, there's a lot of voice acting in the game. Um, the little boss battles. Uh, I don't know. It's something yeah. that I'll if if it drops to like you know some stupid low price, I'm definitely going to play it. But it's not something I'm going to be dying for. Not like a diehard SpongeBob fan, but. If you are and you like Spyro the Dragon, you might really fucking love this game. And so I just did, I did look it up and uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom was developed by Purple Lamp. Oh shit. Okay. So, All right. Well, then you're in for so, a fucking treat. This is going to be a good game. It's probably going to be a good game. So if yeah. you were, if you are into SpongeBob at all, they even called out uh, Sweet Victory as being part of some of the songs that are going to be available during the game. So if that's your fucking jam, I have a feeling if you like Battle for Bikini Bottom, you're going to love this game too. Yeah. Uh, no reason not to. And just like everything else, uh, no fucking release date. Thank you, publishers, for yes, uh, at least not giving us a window. I mean, just tell us 2023 summer or something and then push it back. Give us some hope and then take it away like everybody else. Hmm. Um, what's weird about this one, you put it on here that it's PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Steam. Um, I'm guessing they'll have like an upgrade later from PS4 to PS5, but who the fuck knows? Maybe, yeah, they specifically called out PS4 and Xbox One mm -hmm. uh, for this game. So I guess it's implying that there is not necessarily a next-gen version, right? So it could be just that it might play better on PS5. You may be able to get a slightly... Better load times or something. Maybe better load times, uh, sharper graphics, higher frame rate, but it doesn't seem like the Cosmic Shake is going to have a specific next-gen, or I keep using that word, so not a current specific, gen. not a specific current-gen PS5, Xbox Series version of the game. So whatever you're playing, you're mm -hmm. essentially going to experience the PS4, Xbox One game Potentially with higher resolution, higher frame rate, things like that, but uh, maybe not being able to take advantage of some of the newer hardware that's available right now on consoles. Yeah, and, and probably not having like, you know, with the newer gen consoles, uh, current gen, uh, right. the way the way that the button presses work like that, being pressure sensitive and shit like this, you you'll lose out on some of that. But I can't imagine it's important on a fucking platformer. You just want probably not. Uh, yeah instant access to like jumps and attacks. So uh, we also got something else. that's kind of like up my alley again, some nostalgia uh, slaps here. We got a South park teaser. Uh, so a super brief teaser from South park digital studios. Yeah. It, I didn't it was, expect this. It, God, it was super, it was super brief. Like there was, it's the South park digital studios logo mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Stan's dad, Randy Marsh. Yeah. Uh talking in the background. That's really it. Um not much to say there. I, I guess it's just teasing that another South Park game. So um the fractured butthole came out a few years ago. So I'm assuming this is gonna be somewhere along that alley. Potentially another kind of uh RPG-ish South Park game coming sometime soon, but uh that's all they, they really showed. Gamescom is, a, I believe it's a German uh, game show yep. uh, or convention that happens in late August. So I want to say that we're probably going to find out a little bit more information probably in the next couple of weeks about you know, what exactly this is. Cool. 
Uh, I say bring it on if it's another South Park RPG. Yeah. Uh, they they fucking kill them. So good. It was so uh, good. Anything but the South Park Nintendo 64 game. Uh, you know, fuck that game. That game sucked. I played the shit out of it. I played the shit out of it too. Uh, I thought yeah. it was it was okay. It was okay back then. Uh, looking back at it now, it's kind of garbage. Uh, yeah, as most it's games like, are. Like everything, like yeah. everything from from that era. But that that kind of concludes the THQ Nordic stuff. Um, <clears throat> we got some new information information on uh, Kirby Dream Buffet. Uh, so they actually gave it a release date of August seventeenth. So next week, right? Next week, yeah. Um, and it, the downside to that is it's releasing digital only, which is kind of kind of a fucking shame. Uh, kind of, but, uh, just, just kind of how I, I think of, since this game is kind of like a fallout guys type of type of Kirby game, mm -hmm. I can, I can see that it probably doesn't make sense to do physical because at some point in time, you're not going to be able to find anybody to play this game with. And it probably essentially is going to make this game worthless. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But like. Kirby is an IP that's only associated with Nintendo and it's weird for them to have a a game that they they probably want to have longevity in for the the lifespan of the Switch for them to not release it physical. Um I don't know. And maybe I'm just complaining because I like physical games. Uh, I love and, physical too. And how we've talked about before how they shut mm -hmm. down servers and stuff like that if you don't have uh a physical version of the game. And in some cases, even if you do, you just can't fucking play the shit anymore. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. And then, uh, I'd, the SRPG type of bullshit again, we got a tactics game, metal slug tactics, which I was super pumped about. The art Me style too, dude. is amazing. It looks really fucking good. Doesn't yeah, it? It looks crazy oh, fucking good. Um, it's so look, oh I didn't I know was, that that I was, was a game I wanted. This. I didn't know it was a game. Me I wanted. either. When I, when they showed it off, I was just like, Metal Slug, ah, whatever, Tactics, ah, but then combined together, I was just like, this looks really fucking good. It looks sick as fuck. The, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to come out this year. They delayed it uh, into 2023. Um, and the only thing that they uh, let us know through was a short tweet, which kind of sucks. Um, yeah. So if you missed so, it, you missed it. So hopefully you're hearing not it Not a lot of information. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping that it's early 2023 hopefully we hear some more information about this soon because I was looking forward to the game dropping mm -hmm. uh, this year, but it doesn't look like it's happening, which is a common thread for a lot of stuff. That's that was supposedly uh, announced for this year, but we'll see. I wonder, we'll see. I wonder if, if it's finished and they just pushed it back because they're like, Oh, tactics ogre is coming out and literally no one's going to play our shit when tactics ogre drops. I don't know. I, I hope I hope it's maybe something like that, that this is something that they have just locked and loaded, ready to go. Mm -hmm. But again, or, like... It, I mean, it could just be a licensing issue, too. Who the fuck knows? Who knows? Yeah. I, I don't even know who develops this. I, so, like, Nintendo has this issue again with Advanced Wars. So mm -hmm. they, they did a remake of the first two Advanced War games, and I, it was the... It was the Russia-Ukraine conflict yep. that... It, that caused it to get held back because there's some implications that uh, I think <laughs> in the game itself, uh, Russia instigates or a Russia-like country instigates the the war in the game. So yeah. it was a little, little too on the nose because of uh, current happening. So that's been pushed. And again, we don't know uh, when that's coming out. So I'm, 
who oh, knows if it's sorry. if it's related maybe the developer is situated in europe around the conflict zone who knows yeah who knows who knows but hopefully i've had that motherfucker it. on pre-order forever too so when it comes out i'll get to play it i guess uh nintendo did however put out the longest list of fucking news and a 40 plus minute uh nintendo direct for splatoon it was so 3 long. it was so um, long i i just kind of want to skim through this um agreed I don't know. There's a ton of shit. They got new battle right. modes, which is kind of rad. I'll go ahead and I'll you want to do it. You want to do it. You want to do yeah. it. I'll go man. through it real quick. All right, you, you right. fly through this thing, man, because this right. is so, god damn it, so much. It's so much. So I, I watched the video. I had the gist of it. So the the new stuff in the game. Uh, some of this probably is is old. Uh, if you're uh, used to Splatoon two, either way, um, in game they have a new card game called Turf uh, Table Turf Battle. It's a 1v1 type thing, over 150 cards to collect. So if you're into that card game shit, uh, this is probably going to be up your alley. Uh, as Bradley said, Salmon Return, uh, Salmon Run is returning. So uh, it is a four-player co-op PvE type of game. Uh, you obtain golden eggs from boss Salmonids. Uh, some new Salmonids are going to be a part of this PvE structure. Uh, one called a slam and lid. Uh, this slam and lid creates a barrier to protect salmonids on the ground. If you get too close to it, it's going to try to crush you. Uh, another new salmonid is called big shots. Uh, so this big shot fires heavy projectiles from a distance. And when the projectile hits, it produces a shockwave that you have to jump over in order to avoid. Uh, new king salmonid, as Bradley said, is Kohozuna. So this salmonid, new king salmonid appears before you complete a job in this salmon run. Um, you have the option to shoot golden eggs at it for massive damage. Uh, this fight uh, seems to be timed, so you have to rack up as much damage as possible in order to drive it back during that time. Um, there's also uh, something that they're touting as happening every few months. Uh, I don't know if it's part of Salmon Run, but it is a event called Big Run, uh, which essentially has Salmonids invading the city of the Inklings and the Octolings. So the the video described it as happening in every few months, and it's probably going to be timed with the um, the content that uh, is going to be released every three months. So they have a winter, spring, summer, fall uh, drop schedule. So I have a feeling this is going to be, you know, kind of like when an expansion gets released in WoW, you have all of like these invasion type things that happen where everybody kind of jumps in, you know, it's a, a big boon for experience and things like that. So I have a feeling it's going to be maybe something similar to that. Uh, as far as battle modes are concerned for Splatoon 3, you have Anarchy Battles, uh, which is, uh, there's two Anarchy Battle types. One is called a series where you win five uh, in order to progress. Uh, you lose three and you're out. This is for solo players only. Uh, the four modes that are apparently part of the Anarchy Battles, you're going to have Splat Zone, which seems to be kind of like a King of, the, uh, King of the Hill style mode where you're kind of capturing like a specific territory. Tower control, similar to strongholds if you're a Halo player. So you're mon uh, you're controlling like these these monolith uh was it monolisks? Is that what they call? Yeah, monolisks monolith. and things like that. These little tower things. Monolith. So trying to trying to control uh I guess before the, the timer runs out. Uh Rainmaker. Uh supposedly you're supposed to carry a Rainmaker to the destination. I guess you get points for that. Uh Clam Blitz, which uh involves you collecting and throwing clams. So it seems like there's going to be spots on the map where you can throw the clams in order to like break barriers and gain points. Uh, and this seems to be a rotation-based uh, battle series. 
So oh. it doesn't seem like you're going to be able to select one specifically. If you're going to use this battle mode, it's just going to be on a rotation schedule. So, you know, you're just going to be be able to to play like a specific uh, map or mode in this game. And then it'll slowly rotate, you know, like once a day, once a week, whatever. Uh, they okay, haven't given okay. us details on that. Uh, the next is Anarchy Battle, which is an open mode, uh, allows you to play with your friends. So if you want to get four people together in order to compete in these kind of uh, modes, flat zone, tower control, rainmaker, clan blitz, that's the option for you. Otherwise, the Anarchy Battle series is for single players. Uh, then they also have private battles. So if you want to just, you know, get a group of friends that you have, you know, you don't want to worry about like, uh, you know, any pubs or anything showing up, you can use private battles and you can get into there there. Um, there are supposed to be more modes coming soon and they will be released on the Splatoon 3 official website. Uh, some lobby features that are a part of Splatoon 3, they have a test range where you're able to test weapons against targets. Uh, there is a ghost feature, kind of cool. So uh, your online friends are going to appear as 3D hologram ghosts in the lobby. And essentially you're going to be able to use that to see their in-game status you're going to be able to walk up to them and, you know, send invites or join battles that they're currently in. That's kind so of it's just a, sick, though. Yeah, no, it looks pretty that it's a cool way of doing things. So you're going to be able to see them in the 3D lobby world. You know, you're going to be able to see their status and send invites and, you know, join any battle or join any games that they're trying to start, things like that. Uh, battle replays is also uh, a thing in the lobby. So your recent battles, you're going to be able to go in, fast forward, switch the POV to different characters. A uh, really cool feature. Uh, I did, like think the one month that I played like uh, the new Halo Infinite game, uh, it was really cool to go back and just, you know, see it from that kind of perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, you're also going to be able to share your battle replays with other people. Uh, the next is the locker room. Uh, so the locker room is essentially a row of lockers, one of which is yours. Others belong to other players that you've recently played with. These lockers are going to be customizable. Uh, and you're going to be able to place any acquired weapons and items in the locker. So you can kind of just like um, set it up, I guess, in your kind of like aesthetic, the way that, uh, you know, you can buy items, add stickers, modify lacquer colors. So it's just a way to kind of express yourself um, That's cool. to not just yourself, but other people who have uh, recently played with you and go into this locker room area. Um, you're also going to have customizable splash tags. So these are the tags that kind of appear before the battle to kind of show like who you are. So you're going to be able to customize banners, badges, and titles that are part of this splash tag. And this is all kind of wrapped into what they're calling Hotlantis. So Hotlantis is an item store where you're going to be able to go in and purchase these items. Um, they didn't really go too, too far in depth with it, uh, but it does look like these items are going to be more about the customization part not necessarily like gear related or anything like that, but anything that you're going to be able to place into your locker, uh, modify your splash tag with, it looks like this is something that's going to be available in that Hotlantis store. Uh, also in Hotlantis is going to be uh, what they're calling in-game catalogs. So for every three months, for two years, so 12 opportunities for catalogs uh, is what they're guaranteeing for Splatoon 3. You're going to have these catalogs available in Hotlantis which essentially adds new weapons, uh, you know, new new clothing items, whatever uh, you'll be able to, like the unique items that are there going to be added every three months to customize your character, customize your, you know, locker or splash tag. Uh, that's going to be available there. So you're going to have to go in and actually uh, find it, 
look at it in order to find out which new items are going to be added during that uh, that quarter process. Oh. So around this time, there is when they're going to be adding new weapons. Um, there are going to be new modes uh, that aren't available now, but it, they do seem to be tied in with the Honolulu item store. Uh, one called X Battle, which seems to be this is a a mode that's going to be utilized for people who are really into the competitive part of it. Uh, because X Battle is only going to be available for those who are extremely high rank uh, in the Anarchy Battle mode. So you have to achieve a really high rank in order to have access to this X Battle. Uh, League Battle, uh, the way that they describe it, it's going to be available every two hours. And this is kind of like a, a ladder system where you're going to be placed into teams based on your Anarchy Battle uh, rank. So for every two hours, you're going to have the ability to kind of join these league battles, uh, you know, against and with players around your skill level. Um, they've also announced large scale paid pay DLC uh, coming. Uh, they haven't given any any details about it, so we're probably going to hear about it maybe later this year. I um, I just want to weigh in on this league battle thing because no. this fine. It sounds like shit. I just wanted to say that that every two hours idea to be able to hop into a game sounds terrible. It does sound terrible, doesn't it? They do the same it. thing in other MMOs, and it just it drives people insane because what it does is breaks up your natural play style and forces you into an area of the game that you probably didn't want to play, but you have to play if you want to be good. No, 100%. One of the things that I hated about Halo Infinite when it got released is that they did rotations for their game modes. Yeah. So, and that, uh, where was it? Where was this? Uh, it was the Battle Anarchy. So, yeah. um, so there's four different modes, and they are on rotation, which triggered the fuck out of me. Yeah, a hundred percent. I hate that because Halo Infinite did the same thing. So you'd basically just get a list of modes, and they were good for maybe like, uh, like a one or two week cycle, and then they swapped out. So if you really had a mode that you really loved, and that's only the only thing that you wanted to play, fuck you. Yeah. You weren't able to play it. I think other you know competitive I mean? games do a pretty good job of it where they create like a, a list of like six modes or four modes or whatever. And then there's an extra and that extra one rotates. So you still have like other modes that are like available all the time that you can play through and practice in. But then like there's a special case mode that comes in every week. And I, yeah, that, that's the, not so terrible. It's not. But what the Halo developers said was that they they did it that way on purpose because they knew they knew that people were going to gravitate towards a couple of modes yeah. and essentially all the other modes were going to be basically dormant they were ghost towns so you wouldn't be able to find a match consistently with those and so that's the reason they gave in keeping this rotation up because you were kind of forced to do it well um, in my opinion if you feel like one of your game modes is dog shit then you should fix it before you fucking release it it basically lets you know that they know that there's a problem <laughs> and the only way that they can fix it is by forcing you into these other modes yeah. that they know people don't want to play. Essentially, that's what it is. Damn. Damn. That's fucking sucks, awful. sucks, right? Yeah. I know. Right. I'll let you but keep on the going. Plus side, on the plus side, they have a mailbox feature which lets you draw on your Switch, which isn't touchscreen based, really. So um, it's really hard to get good drawings out of it, but you're going to be able to draw stuff and the things that you draw will be displayed across the city and stages. They didn't clarify whether this is going to be appearing on other people's uh, cities and other people's stages, because you know, you know my guy. 
there's gonna be a lot of dicks showing up yeah man tons of dicks yeah you're gonna see dicks all over this fucking this is splatoon 3 city. this is literally gonna be that binder of uh dick drawings from super bad yeah it's gonna be just you're just gonna be seeing dicks and they even they even wanted to call like yo is your if you're drawing more vertical you can actually create vertically centric drawings and you know it's gonna be like what the fuck is this scroll down shaft 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 head yeah that's exactly what it's gonna be and they're gonna be like oh but it's just a squid standing on balls bro (laughs) i don't know how they're gonna get around the dick and ball situation uh but because i mean if you (laughs) simplify a squid vertically i mean it is just a dick with a lot of veins it's kind of you know okay so when i was watching the um and we'll we'll get into these characters later but god uh, they introduced some new characters during the game and i don't know i'm not a splatoon guy but um they it it, so the the hands the hands is what bothered me so there's one point in the trailer where it seems like they have limp hands but the hands, uh, they're not, when I say limp, I think it's more of like they're trying to recreate like the tentacle kind of structure from like the octopus. Mm-hmm. And so it, it doesn't really dangle or it kind of dangles, but it kind of like, like sloshes back and forth, kind of like it's an appendage, but it's not necessarily limp. It's just like, that's what a octopus Kind of like, you know, if it was an anthropomorphic octopus, yeah, like that's how it would, it would hold its hands. And it bothered the fuck out of me so bad because it's just kind of like uncanny and just kind of like off-putting. You know what I mean? Uh, just some of the characters because like the regular Splatoon characters have hands. No, they do have hands, but like it's almost kind of like they have no bones past their wrist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, it was weird. I'll, maybe I'll show it to you later, but it just kind of, it's kind of popped in my head. And uh, so let's keep going before I talk about just how unnerving some of these (laughs) characters uh, designs are. So anyways, so on top of that, uh, on top of the mailbox with the dicks that you're going to see all over your game. Good luck, Nintendo. uh, They have a crab and go concession stand. So this crab and go concession stand is a, uh, a place where you can buy items that help you in battles. So they said help you in battles. But if you look at the actual video itself, it doesn't seem like it's going to give you any kind of advantage as far as like on the other team. Mm-hmm. This seems to be more about personal advantages where you're going to be able to get increases in your XP that you earn during battles, uh, more battle cash, which I assume is the currency that you're going to use to purchase like gear and uh, other items uh, in the game. So you'll be able to do that. Uh, there is another section in the uh, Splatoon world called the Shoal. Um, it allows you to play game modes with nearby players. Um, they didn't go into detail about it, so it's hard to tell if this is... I don't think this is, like, friend-based. I want to say this is kind of uh, physical location-based. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. So That's what it sounds like. So, it, you know, this is something that would be super cool. Like, if, you know, when we go to fucking MAGFest, if yep. we're, like, if we were super... Uh, super into Splatoon 3, we can get into a fucking room where, you know, we can just find battles with people who are all about Splatoon 3. You know what I mean? I think this would so be that, crazy good at like colleges and high schools and middle schools yeah. and shit you know, like if that. If you're in your dorm and there's a whole bunch of people that are into Splatoon 3, you can just find the fucking uh, switch systems in your general area to play Splatoon 3 with. And that sounds fucking amazing. That's kind of fucking sick, honestly. Yeah. 
So uh, outside of the shoal, they also have a mode called photo mode. Um, pretty, pretty consistent with a whole bunch of other games. Uh, so, you know, allows you to take selfies. You can take take the selfies and send it to your smart device. Um, these photos that you take in photo mode can also be placed inside of your locker. So if you want to do something like that, so other people can look in your locker, see any photos you might have taken in photo mode. Uh, there's another uh, mode called recon guide. So it essentially is allows you to hop into any of the stages. There's 12 stages uh, with new and returning maps that are coming in Splatoon 3 at release. So Recon Guide allows you to basically jump into this map and just kind of scope it out. So if you're wanting to essentially do some research about this new map that you've never played before, or maybe you're just a new Splatoon player and you have no idea what any of these maps are, you can go into the Recon Guide mode and just kind of check it out. You know, look at the layout, uh, just kind of uh, just do a little bit of research before you hop in for your first match. Um, Split, uh, Splatnet 3, which is part of Nintendo Online, uh, their mobile app on Android and iOS. So Splatnet 3 is going to be the uh, mobile app version of the, um, I guess, stuff that you can do on Nintendo Online Mobile. So it's usable on, like I said, your your smartphone device. Uh, you can use it to check your battle stats. You can order in-game gear, not sold in-game. So they're going to incentivize you to actually use the Nintendo Online mobile app to potentially order in-game gear that you can't find uh, actually in-game. Uh, there's toxic. also something else called uh, Krusty Sean's Wondercrust Tour. Uh, it seems to be Splatnet 3 exclusive. Um, you invest what they're calling Splat Points, which are gained... Uh, I assume as you battle. So the areas that you cover in ink, which is the, the entire purpose of the turf war um, battle mode. So the more that you uh, cover the the map in ink, the more splat points that you get and that you're going to be able to invest into uh, the Krusty Sean's Wonder Crust tour. So it seems like um, it's, I, I want to say it's, it's probably kind of a, uh, a quest type system that they're adding to the mobile app. So the more splat points that you invest, the likelihood that uh, this Wondercrust tour is going to provide you with what they're calling souvenirs, whatever mm -hmm. that means. So it may be something that you can put in your locker. Maybe it's something that can uh, enhance your some of the gear that you purchase in game. They haven't really given a lot of details. We'll probably find out more uh, during the release schedule. Um, you'll also be able to view your battle history in Splatnet 3. Um, if you're into wallpapers, there's going to be exclusive wallpapers available in Splatnet 3 that you can use through your phone, and it's going to be able, it's it'll be available at launch. Um, on top of that, as far as like the customizability is concerned, um, you're going to be able to uh, change your emote for your winning kind of uh, animation at the end of a game. Um, all the characters are going to be fully customizable, and we'll get into that uh, later on as we get into the gear. Uh, as I said, there's 12 new and returning stages at launch. Uh, we have a story mode for Splatoon 3, so if you kind of want to go through the uh, single-player mode before you jump, uh, jump into battles, uh, there is going to be a story mode called Return of the Mammalians that you're going to be able to play. Oh, yeah. There, There is a amiibo feature within the game, so you're actually going to be able to create a loadout, uh, is what I'm assuming, and attach it to a Splatoon amiibo oh, that's uh, so that you're able good. to... Yeah, no, it's a great use of yeah. uh, the Amiibo system. Because they, they so, just left I'm, that fucking Amiibo system to die. Yeah, oh man, it's so terrible. Like, it's like very one use. And I hate the fact that they even tie in some like exclusive type of features based around like the specific e uh, Amiibo that gets released for the yeah. game. 
but at least this seems like there's going to be some usage to it, which seems kind of cool. Uh, apparently, you're also going to be able to receive special gear uh, if you utilize the Amiibo feature, so it's probably something that you're going to do. And for whatever reason, you're actually going to be able to take a photo. So your in-game character is going to be able to take a photo in photo mode using the Amiibo that you're able to use inside of the game. For people who enjoy that, awesome. Hmm. Uh, they've also described three new Splatoon Amiibos that are going to be on sale this holiday. There is an Octoline in blue, a Inkling in yellow, and a Small Fry Amiibo, which will be released sometime later this year. And uh, as I said about the, the three-month cycle, uh, the free updates are going to be uh, available on consistent intervals, which also be uh, appear to be tied into the in-game catalog system that you're going to be able to purchase from Hotlantis. So uh, they appear to be going through a winter, spring, summer, fall kind of schedule. So around every three months, um, they're going to release some new stuff for you guys that are going to be completely free. Um, oh, yeah. As I said previously, there's going to be large large-scale pay, pay DLC, which, again, they haven't really gone into to describe what exactly it is that you're going to be receiving for this paid DLC. So we'll probably find out about it later. For two, 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 uh, the new characters, um, there is... So I guess as far as, like, the some of the events, and I, I want to say probably story mode, or just, like, just in general, uh, there is a collective, which is called Deep Cut, which consists of the characters Fry, Shiver, and Big Man. And this, these three characters, this trio, host a Splatsville news program called Anarchy Splatcast. So it seems like these characters are going to be kind of a running theme throughout the game, uh, which will be filling you in on events happening in the game. Uh, I believe they're also part of the single-player game, as well as Splatfest, which oh, we're going to cool. be talking about. So Splatfest is also returning, and they've announced that it's going to be uh, August 27th. So uh, there are three themes to choose from, and uh, it is a Rochambeau uh, theme. So it's rock, paper, scissors. So you choose, a, you choose I guess, a team that you want to be involved with, and they, they're going to take these, uh, these members and throw them into battle. So the Splatfest is going to consist of two halves. The first half is going to be a 4v4 turf war battle that you're uh, used to. The second half is going to be what they're calling a tricolor war. So the top team after the 4v4 is going to be fighting against uh, two other teams in this Splatfest. So the top team is going to be starting in the middle of the map, and mm -hmm. the other two teams, which are going to consist of Two players from the second place team and two players from the third place team, third place team, excuse me, are going to be uh, essentially starting on opposite ends of the map in a kind of like a pincer formation. And so you're going to be attempting to, I guess, ward off those other four players from the two different teams in order to, I guess, kind of assert your dominance as being, you know, first place. So as I said, that's going to be preparing uh, on August 27th from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time. So uh, the game doesn't release until September. So you're going to have the opportunity to essentially demo the game and kind of get through the experience during that one day in uh, August 27th. Uh, you will receive bonuses for having a Splatoon 2 save file on your Switch. They haven't described exactly what you're going to be receiving, but if you're you know coming from Splatoon 2, you will be receiving something. If you're really hyped about this game, I guess you could purchase Splatoon 2 
uh, now and play, so that way you can get receive these bonuses when the game releases in September. Um, That's a really good was, way for them to double down on like oh, making sure. fucking hell of money, dude. Yeah. Um, so I will say I will. I am going to admit that I I really just ignored Splatoon two up until and this is one of the things that I've had trouble with since we started this podcast mm-hmm. is that now I actually pay attention to a lot of this stuff and watching these videos and I can't help but getting hyped about all the stuff coming through because and everything looks so good. It does. It does. And even I started getting hyped because like I watched 40 minutes and I got my brainwashed with all of the Splatoon three information. I was just like, I wish I had friends. I wish I could just get three people and we could just play Splatoon 3. You just got to start that hanging out at hard. high schools again. Oh, I'm drunk, but I'm not drunk enough to, to take you up on that. <laughs> uh, we could go on a, we can go on an entirely crazy throw on that, but I'm not stupid enough to do that. Even for content. Even, uh, for, content. even for content, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, yeah. so your gear, right? Mm-hmm. So you have three major slots for your gear. You have headgear, clothing, and your shoes. And these are just so, cosmetic, right? No, they are not cosmetic. So oh. you're going to be able to purchase these three slot types uh, using in-game currency. So with this, with these slot types, you're going to have one major ability tied to each of these gears. And you have the ability to unlock... So. You're going to be able to upgrade this gear as you play through the battles. And you have the ability to unlock up to three secondary ability slots. And you'll be able to kind of mix and match your secondary ability slots through a a mechanic inside of the game. Hmm. So this is not just something to uh, necessarily customize your character with, you know, kind of like your own kind of style. It doubles as also being able to add new abilities like you know being able to run faster jump higher shoot further things like that um on top of this along with some of the new things in splatoon 3 there is a new weapon the new weapon i guess at launch is going to be called splatana so with the splatana you're going to be able to send blades of ink flying across with the splatana wiper move there also is a charged version of the attack, which appears to be very powerful, although you do have to be very close in order to, to really unleash the power of this new weapon. Uh, there are new special weapon abilities. So these weapon abilities are going to be tied to the weapon that you purchase. It should, it's probably going to be a, you know, there's probably a special ability slot attached to any of the weapons that you're purchasing in the game. Uh, three new ones are going to be Tacticooler. So Tacticooler is supposed to be a kind of like a refrigeration kind of uh structure that you throw down and it provides four enhancing beverages for your team so you know there's it's a 4v4 type thing one beverage per team member it'll be able to do things such as increase your speed momentarily uh when you activate it another one called wave breaker which add waves in the area uh wherever you i guess drop this wave breaker item oh that's the uh, one that has, you have to jump over right yeah, so it it has the ability to mark enemy location and cause damage. And oh, in order yeah. to avoid the damage, you actually have to jump up over the rings that are kind of being uh, dropped on the floor. Yeah. Uh, there's also a reef slider. Uh, reef slider is thing is like you hop on the back of like a dolphin or some other some other large fish, and you basically charge towards enemies, and then you're able to kind of explode it, and it and it creates like this AOE effect. Uh, with the potential ability to not only drop ink, but also destroy enemy characters. Damn, that's cool. Um, 
There are two new moves uh, as part of your move set. One is called the Squid Surge, which allows you to swim up walls in a single burst. So you're able to lay uh, your. So if you're if you're not a Splatoon person, um, obviously the point is to drop paint on the floor and cover as much as possible at the end of time uh, to win the match. Um, but you only have a limited amount of paint that you can shoot before you run out. And the only way to recharge your paint is to dive in and swim along the paint. And that, re that mechanic recharges your paint. Um, you're also able to shoot paint on the walls so you can swim with the walls to get up to higher ground. The squid surge move allows you to quickly swim with the wall. So it's kind of like a single thing. You uh, swim on the wall, I guess hit the button for the move, and you basically jump up to the top wherever it was supposed to be. Another one is called a squid roll. It basically allows you to jump out of the ink in the opposite direction of your momentum. So it's kind of like a, a quick turnaround move. Um, it appears to have a timed ability uh, during the jump where you can actually slightly repel ink. They didn't really go into detail about how much it actually repels, what kind of um, defensive kind of um, advantage it has to jump out and you know deflect this paint. Uh, I'm assuming we're going to find out more uh, either during the Splatfest or maybe we'll describe it more of what's going on. Um, some of the vendors, uh, I don't know if this is unique to Splatoon 3, and maybe. Um, so there is a vendor called a Sheldon. Uh, this Sheldon, uh, excuse me, this vendor um, allows you to purchase actual weapons. And these weapons appear to be tied to your current level. So as you level up, you're going to be able to um, purchase different weapons, uh, different level types. I'm assuming that there's going to be some sort of advantage. Uh, or maybe you're just locked out of weapons until you reach a certain level and things like that before you unlock everything. Either way, uh, the only way to purchase these weapons is by something called Sheldon licenses. So this is just another in-game currency that you're going to have to kind of manage. Okay. Uh, and you retrieve these licenses by leveling up in battles as well as using the same weapons. So this is kind of encouraging you to kind of use the weapon, use it for a long time. And I'm assuming there's some sort of like increase in uh, earning these licenses by, I guess, following this kind of uh, this mechanic. They, um, they seem to have a lot of currency in this game and way too many ways to purchase items, uh, gear and weapons, which is fucking confusing. Uh, it's they, super confusing. Like I was, I was actually shocked at how much information they gave. And I was just like, how does anybody keep track out of all of these mechanics, all of these battle modes, all the stuff that you're trying to collect, all these things that you have to do. Yeah. It's I'm assuming if you've played this game before or you're into this kind of shit, this is par for the course, but it was, it's a lot. I mean, like other games have died, uh, quickly because they've introduced too many ways to purchase like like World of Warcraft back in the day. Uh, fine example, uh, a lot of people do case studies on Wrath of the Lich King, for instance, which was mm -hmm. probably one of their best expansions. They they created a currency system to buy gear. You, re you earn that currency system through raids and dungeons and all this other stuff, and every so often they changed that currency, and then the currency became different. So then you could collect old currency, you could collect new currency, and then the next season you had a newer currency. So then you had like four currencies, plus you had gold, plus you had all this other shit. You ended up having like, I think, 12 different currencies through the, the course of that expansion, and it became so fucking daunting for the, uh, the player to understand 
what do I do with uh, my PVP currency? Because there were three different fucking types. What do I do with my PVE currency? Because there were fucking 12 different types. There was so much shit. And it it seems like games don't really learn from that. Those mistakes of the, that we see in the past. And um, they tend to recreate those. And you're, you're, my guess is you're going to see it here because you have the Sheldon shit. You have all this other stuff. You have the fucking mobile app. You have what was it seemed like two different other areas to purchase things yeah. inside of the game. It, it, it's a lot, man. Um, and I'm, I, I guarantee you that there's probably going to be other things that you're going to be collecting that they're going to introduce during yeah. updates. And then they have seasonal events. Use. They have currency. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is bananas, dude. It is bananas. So, um, fortunately, it does look like you're only going to need one Sheldon license mm-hmm. to exchange for another weapon. So it's not like something that you're going to have to like hoard that you're going to wonder to yourself like, well, fuck, I really want to buy this weapon. But man, if I save up 10 licenses, I can purchase this other weapon, which I really want. So it yeah. does seem like they, they're not going too, too far with it. Although they do have an overpaying mechanic involving these Sheldon licenses, which allows you to get items sooner than you're supposed to. Um, so who knows? Uh, we'll see. Uh, there was there was some concern from uh, Splatoon folks that this might turn into like just a slog, just a fucking grind in order to generate all of these currencies that you're going to need in order to, I assume, experience the game proper, right? Yeah. So um, we'll see. I, I don't... I don't think Splatoon's going to fall into that problem. Uh, hopefully not. As Splatoon seems to be a super um, popular series on Nintendo Switch consoles. It's popular in Japan, popular in America. So we'll see if they've gone a little bit too far once this game releases. My my fear is that, uh, I don't know, that they're just going to overburden the shit on the user. Um, but whatever. Uh, as somebody who go ahead no 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 yeah like i get like as somebody who uh hasn't been involved in any of the uh splatoon like i i played the splatoon 2 demo Mm uh on the switch when i got it originally you know it it was fun for like the the day or so that i had it but i I never bothered with it so i'm this is not um aimed at me so i'm the this this splatoon direct or presentation that nintendo had is 100 aimed at people who have already played the game who want to be uh who want to know about all this new shit coming up but as somebody who is um basically new to the series who hasn't really spent a lot of time like this is just this is just splatoon 3 this is not like they're not even talking about splatoon 2 or splatoon 1 so all the stuff that carried over it just might be implied that you know about this shit and this 40 minutes that they talked about all of this new shit is just on top of all this stuff. You yeah, this I mean? is this is overwhelming, uh, to be honest. Um, but damn, did you fucking kill that? <laughs> Great job. Always, dude. Always. Uh, we had, beast, bro. We had some really good shit from uh, Sony get announced uh, for their PlayStation Plus games in August. Um, and I'm kind of excited about literally almost all of these, maybe except two or three. We got Bug Snacks. Uh, I kind of wanted to play that. So it's a, a 3D platformer type of game where you go around and help bugs that are made out of snacks. So like hot dogs and potato chips and weird shit Dude, like the, that. The 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 designs on those characters are so fucking good. They're so good. 
They're so fucking good. <laughs> I was not sold on the game when it first came out, and then I started watching people play it. And I was like, this game looks kind of fucking good, dude. Uh, so it's it's good that it's coming out on there. Um, I never played uh, Dead by Daylight, uh, so I'll get a chance to play it uh, with the PS Plus um, release of that. We got Ghost Recon Wildlands. Never played that. Metro Exodus, uh, a fucking fantastic game. Um, right. You got two Monopoly games coming out, Monopoly Madness and Monopoly Plus. I didn't know that you needed that much Monopoly in your mouth in your life, but it's there. You <laughs> no, got, you had in your mouth. That was correct. You in, your mouth. in your mouth. <laughs> uh, Trials of fucking mana, dude. Uh, That's a fucking banger. That is a That's goddamn a banger. banger. It is a remaster uh, of one of the uh, old mana games. Second in set two three, which was Japan only. Yeah. On Super Famicom. And God damn it, is it good? You pick a character, um, you pick two other party members, and you play through their campaign, and then you meet up, and they're with you, and then you go through the rest of the game as a uh, uh, overview, like top-down type of action RPG game. Uh, it's fun as fuck. Um, you also get Uno, if you're into that. Will Will of Fortune, which I'll probably actually play. I kind of like Will of Fortune. And then we had talked uh, previously about the Yakuza games getting released. Uh, we got Yakuza Zero, Zero uh, Kiwami, and Kiwami 2, uh, which are PS4 games. Um, and all these titles come out on August 16th, right? Correct. That is, that is a lot of games, uh, a lot of good games, uh, a lot of bangers mm-hmm. in there. I think for, for PlayStation sure. Plus members, uh, they're... As a phrase we've been destroying over the past couple episodes, those motherfuckers are eating good. So, good for them. And then, God damn, this next game. I was not hype about, hype about it before, uh, but the more I watch about it, I've pre-ordered it already. The Diofield Chronicles demo mm-hmm. uh, launched on August 10th. It's four hours long. Uh, your progress does carry over. The game comes out on September 22nd. Um, I... I'm pissed. It's good, right? It looks, it, good. It looks so fucking good. Uh, again, in, in the beginning, I was like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm into this art style. And the more I watched it, I was like, you know what, dude? This gameplay looks super fucking sick. It could have literally been pixel based, it could have been voxel based. It doesn't fucking matter to me. I'm in. Um, I'm just glad to see something that's not, you know, something that looks like it came off the Game Boy Advance or, uh, you know, something yeah. that, uh, that two and a half D. 3D render shit that uh, Square's doing right now. So you're getting you're getting like a new view on like a really cool uh, SRPG type of thing. And I'm not gonna lie the the one thing that I'll give Square Enix and Japanese developers is that the the character art, the key art that they put for for major characters and things like that that they show like they overlay on in game. For like things like text boxes and things like that, so which good. is a super, just a super, just JRPG, you know, Japanese type game trope. It looks so fucking good. Yeah, dude. It looks so fucking good. Even just like the, 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 um, what do you call it? The uh, promotional artwork that they've developed, the, you know, the test art for this game. It looks so fucking good. And it's only Square Enix and the artists that they employ that can pull this kind of shit off that doesn't look like a ripoff or like half baked. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? And I'm just 100% into it. Like, it's so fucking good. I'm absolutely the same. Uh, looks crazy. We got another SRPG card game thing. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel's Midnight Suns. Marvel's Midnight Suns, bro. Uh, I, I was on the fence if I'm going to play this game or not. Um, I, I still don't really fucking fully understand it. Uh, but we'll get more time to learn about it because it was fucking delayed. Uh, it was previously supposed to come out uh, October 7th. And the new release date hasn't been announced, but we're expecting it sometime next year. Yeah, kind of a drag. I, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't something I was obviously going to play day one or anything like that. But it, it, it does suck that you have a lot of these games that are supposed to come out later half of this year and then, you know, come to find out that. We're going to have to wait, you know, six to six to nine months before we even get to play it. Yeah. So didn't they announce this game in the fucking winter this year? Like January, February? I mean, I, I feel like I've known Something about Marvel's like Midnight Suns forever. Um, yeah. Speaking of old news, I don't know if you knew about this before I sent it to you. Uh, I did. You did? God damn it, dude. Yeah. I felt so cool sending you this article. Uh, I'll let you talk about it. So uh, I'll be honest. I, I, uh, so my Twitter account originally was following speedrunners. Mm -hmm. So, uh, one of the major speedrunners that you may have seen on, uh, some of the GDQ, uh, live streams, uh, Zallard one and, um, who's the, a uh, sinister one. So sinister one was the dude who did, uh, I think it was Mike Tyson's punch out blindfolded. Yeah, and I yeah, want to yeah. say that Zallard and Sinister—they may have done a, a GDQ run where they were both blindfolded or some shit. So that's the kind of thing. So I follow those people already on my Twitter account, and the only reason I knew about it was because people were hounding uh, Zallard's ass because I, I want to say that he's the current world record holder of Super Punch Out. Mm -hmm. Maybe not, but essentially. People were just sending him, and he he eventually just like, yo, guys, yeah, I heard about this, you know, kind of thing. And that's the only reason it actually uh, crept across my timeline. But uh, the gist of it is, is Super Punch-Out on the SNES, uh, a new cheat code. I'm assuming this was probably intended as more of a developer type thing in order to test these things out uh, before release. So this new code was found. Um, by there is a user called Unlisted Cheats on Twitter who disclosed the steps on how to recreate this. So it's it's a little involved. You need two controllers attached in order to do this. But at the title screen on controller two, if you hold the Y and R button on controller two and press A or start on controller one, this actually takes you to a new screen, probably like more of a debug screen, where essentially you can choose any fighter uh, even the special circuit fighters that you have to face later on in the game, you can essentially fight any of these characters in a single match. So outside of outside of just that, that was kind of cool in itself. You can just do a quick match against any of these people, just if you were kind of wanting to practice and do want to create a save state or use any hardware save state stuff on actual hardware or anything like that. This allowed you to fight against any character once. However, in this free match mode is what this user Unlisted Cheats is calling it. Uh, there is a character info screen, I guess, um, right before the match starts. 
If you hold BY on controller two and press A or start on controller one, this actually allows controller two to, to control the opponent character. So if you wanted to fight, if you wanted to have, I guess, kind of like a, a one a one V one, because obviously Super Punch-Out is a single-player game. If you want to control one of the boss enemy characters and fight uh, the uh, the main character in Super Punch-Out, this now allows you to do it. And in fact, I've heard this even works on the... Um, was it Nintendo Switch? I want to say the Nintendo Switch Online also has Super Punch-Out available for the SNES. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's just a straight ROM. Yeah, so this works there too. So if you just want to have a 1v1 with somebody, you know, I don't know if this, uh, this obviously doesn't support Nintendo online, but uh, as far as like uh, multiplayer or anything like that, but if you have two people uh, playing this game on the Switch, you can just pass the controller to somebody else and this motherfucker can actually control the character so you can actually fight him and you can use the moves. I'm a, I don't know how in-depth this is, if you can use like some of the special moves that some of these characters, uh, these boss characters have. Um, but you can essentially control it with uh, the second controller pad and uh, fight. So, That's super cool. cool. As fuck. Does yeah. that only work on the Switch with the Super NES controller? Or can you use like a Pro or the... No, I doubt it. They, there's, um, they have mappings for okay. those kind of controllers, so you don't need to worry about that. As long as you have two controllers connected, um, when you launch the SNES uh, app for Nintendo Switch Online, um, I'm assuming that they're both mapping to the same uh, controller uh, structure mm -hmm. uh, when you're in the SNES app, so you'll be able to just do it that way. If you're super interested about it, I'm assuming you could just go find un unlisted cheats on Twitter, or you can probably find the YouTube videos that are undoubtedly about to come out uh, showcasing this feature off, and they'll tell you exactly how to do this. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, we got a... Another little teaser this week too, uh, during Evo, which kind of caught me off guard, was a Tekken Eight teaser. Allegedly, we we don't know if it's Tekken Eight, but we assume it's Tekken Eight. Oh, that's true because they they just it's short and it doesn't show anything. Actually. It doesn't show anything. It's super fucking basic. It's it's actually it's actually kind of stupid. I wasn't a fan of it, but people were losing their shit. Fighting game fans need something to celebrate about i guess mm -hmm. um but the the teaser was i mean it was it was literally like five seconds like it's really hard there's nothing really you could you could disseminate out of what they showed you there is a video that played at some part some point during evo which showed off the kazuya ending of the original tekken so if you've never played the original tekken uh if you beat the game with kazuya you essentially take uh hihachi which is, I guess, in, in game lore, is his father, right? So you basically pick up his body, you walk off to a cliff, and you kind of dump it off the edge. This was also memed in the uh, introduction of that Kazuya character in... Um, Smash. Smash, right? Yep. So it basically just replays that ending. You know, terrible graphics and all. The original ending that they did 3D modeling with back in whatever 3D modeling was considered uh, in like the mid-1990s, right? So they play that specific ending, uh, and during that ending, uh, the camera pans after he dumps Hihachi's body off the cliff. It basically zooms in on his face, and he looks towards the screen and gives a uncanny valley smile, right? And during this, trend, during this um, 
point in the teaser video, it transitions into basically this photorealistic, older looking uh, glow, you know, like his uh, Kazuya character. He has a glowing left eye and he has this scar like directly underneath his eye and things like that. And on the screen, it says, get ready. And that's it. That's yeah. it. That's the entire fucking teaser. And his part of me wanted to think uh, that maybe this was like a Tekken OG remake, which would be cool as fuck to kind of go in line with everything else. But Kazuya does look really fucking old uh, yeah. at the end of this. I mean, he's got gray hair and shit. So it's it's got to be a new Tekken. Um, or I don't fucking know. I don't know what the fuck else yeah. it would be other than a new fucking game. I did. I did read a little, little bit of rumblings from people who are like super into the Tekken lore, and they were essentially trying to to figure out, uh, especially like the 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 glowing red eye and the scar. I think has some impl implications from. I guess if you've played previous Tekkens, like the story involved with uh, Kazuya's uh, progression through the series, so. It implies that it's definitely later on in the series. I'm assuming if that, excuse me, I'm drunk as fuck. I'm assuming <laughs> if that they were going to do a, a recreation of the game, that they essentially would have transitioned to a, I guess, similar, similar characters design mm -hmm. without the glowing red eye. Uh, so that has people basically uh, pointing towards a new Tekken game. And at this point, I don't know if this series could produce like a reboot of the original Tekken game and what they could actually do with it. You know what I mean? And like, why, why would you yeah. fucking do it really? Because like, if this was uh, if this was just a remake or reboot of the original Tekken series, then at that point is like, is this, is this something that competitive fighters are even going to want to use? Like, no, probably not. They're probably going to want a new game so they can get potentially new characters, new movesets, you know, new fra frame, fram, new frame data that they're going to have to fucking study like they're fucking doctors and shit in order to be competitive uh, in the fighting game scene. They're probably not going to touch it because this is like, oh, it's just a fucking reboot of the old Tekken game. Like, ah, who gives a fuck? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't see, I don't see Namco. Is it Namco? Maybe it's not Namco. She... I just had it pulled up. I don't fucking remember. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> to Ken, like we should just call it to Ken, like uh, the fucking yeah. uh, Fast and Furious people. So let them know that we're real gamers. Yeah, for sure. So, so in to Ken, <laughs> um, who is it? Nintendo, BNE, Namco, fucking Namco, fucking nailed it. Fuck you Fuck guys. Yeah. Even drunk. I know my shit. Um, so. It's probably it's probably gonna be Tekken Eight. I it's it's kind of a shitty teaser. I think everybody kind of assumed like there's gonna be another Tekken game at some point in the future, and this does absolutely nothing to either confirm or deny it. And it doesn't give you any information about what the fuck this is gonna be. Yeah, I mean so, it's it's better than when uh, Street Fighter Six launched and they used a. Uh, a logo that they got off of Fiverr or or Etsy or something. So it was Adobe. <laughs> oh yeah, a, that's right. It was, it was uh, Adobe. <laughs> yeah, it was in the Adobe stock library. That's what it was. Yeah. You just get it for free when you install Photoshop. You get the Capcom. Capcom, don't don't fuck this up. Yeah, don't fuck this up, Capcom, please. So 
we got some more uh, Xbox Game Pass uh, on Ultimate Family Pass announced in Colombia and Ireland. And why why the fuck are they only getting shit? This is this is just like that the Midwest, like where they they sample out like new uh, new products and like McDonald's and shit. Oh, there's yeah, like they a get test like market, ketchup, potato chips, and shit. Yeah. So this is this is I think this is more of a test market thing. So what this ultimate family plan is going to allow you to do is share Game Pass Ultimate with up to four people. I don't know if it's four people including you or if it's four people total. They they just said add up to four people, um, which is a little ambiguous. And open to interpretation, I guess, if you really want to think about it. Yeah. Um, but that being said, you actually have to convert your time uh, to this new family plan. So the way that they're talking about it now is that if you have one month of Game Pass Ultimate, it actually converts to 18 days of this new family plan. So it's not exactly a 50% decrease in order to support these other people. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit higher than that, maybe 60% or something like that. Um, but essentially, you're going to be able to invite, and they say that this is country locked. So if you have three people, we're going to assume that they're family and not friends, as long as they reside in the same country as the main Xbox account, you're going to be able to add them to your Game Pass Ultimate plan and essentially convert your time into this new 60, 65%, whatever it is, uh, new family plan, mm-hmm. which allows you to sh- essentially allow three to four other people to basically experience this service. So they're going to be able to play any Game Pass Ultimate uh, games on their PC, any Game Pass games on their xbox systems they're going to be able to do it so it's kind of like the nintendo family plan so if you were actually if you were to get like three other friends together it's super cheap okay so as long as you have some sort of agreement to kind of uh divvy up the the cost of the yearly plan for the nintendo switch plan you can essentially have uh nintendo switch online uh super cheap and get all of the benefits uh without having to pay the full like one person yearly price so I think this is kind of a similar thing to that. Okay, okay. That's but not like too you bad. Said, it, it's currently only available in Colombia and Ireland, so it's. And I'm assuming this is kind of like a test market, and they'll be expanding if it's if they consider it successful to other countries in the future. Nice. So we got a uh, Tactics Ogre uh, Reborn was announced on uh, August 5th. So there was a lot of rumblings and uh, leaks about it. So it's good to have a full announcement. Uh, and it's releasing November 11th, 2022. Uh, they just have a standard edition for pre-orders that's on the Nintendo Switch, PS5, PS4, and Steam. However, on the Sony... Square Enix. Square site. Enix, Square Enix yeah. website, you can buy the tarot cards as a separate thing, which creates the collector's edition motif of having a collector's edition. I think so. Isn't there like a board game too along with it? Um, I don't know if there's a board game. I I know there's something that kind of goes like some along. sort of map or some shit. Yeah, to to kind of use your tarot cards on. Uh, I bought it because uh, I'm a sucker, sucker ass bitch. Um, and uh, I wasn't gonna miss out on it. So, one hundred percent, I'm right there with you. I yeah. didn't purchase it, uh, but I understand. Yeah. So I I I just pre-ordered mine off of the Square Enix store. I mean, right now you can 
pre-order everywhere. I just don't know if the tarot cards are everywhere, though. I, I don't think so. And this is something that I've hated Square Enix for, mm-hmm. is that um, there are instances where Square Enix kind of hoards these kind of special, special editions or unique kind of um, additions to the game through their online store because they charge the fuck out of you for shipping. Yeah, yeah they did it with the uh, near replicant re-release for the white coronation version or something like oh, that. Oh, they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, white snow or something shit like that? Something like that, yeah. And then they did uh, Pokemon Store, did it for Sword and Shield, and that was the only way that you could get the three plushies um, with the Sword and Shield version. Uh, you know... I, I get that they want to have like their own shit, right? Uh, but fuck them for it because it does make it way more limited than it needs to be. And it's the same with uh, the the fucking Xenoblade Chronicles three, which uh, got terrible reviews from some people, but everybody else says it's fucking fantastic. The game looks great. I watched a couple bits of gameplay, but you can only get the collector's edition on the Nintendo Store, right? Yeah, and uh, I this is gonna seem super fucking uh contradictory but i hate it so much that said i actually have like a half a dozen pre-orders off of square enix's japan website shit dog yeah i've received i received a few of them so there's like a there's like a legend of mana i've uh i do i want to go through this are they all steam (laughs) games or not steam but switch games no they're not they're not fuck me so um, did you pre-order them just because they're collector's editions or are they just standard editions maybe no they're they're not standard editions that's for fucking sure okay i was um, like fuck all right so let me let me pull it up real Cause, quick because because ps5 and xbox aren't they are region specific on games right so like your ps5 can only play North American games, No, right? no, 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 no. Absolutely not. Oh. Um, the PS4 and PS5 are completely region unlocked. Okay. You can play Japanese games. Uh, the PS3 oh. and the Xbox One, mm-hmm. or no, no, the Xbox 360, uh, those two consoles were region locked. So if you bought, if you purchased a, an American system, you can only play American games on those systems. But going forward, I believe the Xbox One and the PS4 Everything going forward are all region unlocked. So you can yeah. play those games if you want to. Okay, that's kind of fucking cool. Well, speaking of yeah. which, I need to get you to uh, give me the memory card thing for PS2 because I just bought that version of Wild Arms. It was re-released on the PS2 and remastered, but only for Japan. And I want to fucking play it. Yeah. I got you, dude. Hell yeah. So, yeah, so I purchased a special edition of Dragon Quest Eleven. I believe this was for the Switch. So this was a special edition, and this was 2019. Yeah. Uh, so that was a special edition for Japan only. It included uh, a steelbook and all kinds of other knickknacks and Ooh. bullshit. So I ordered that specifically from the Square Enix Japan website. Um, obviously, uh, I purchased soundtracks, so there's... A Chrono Cross. Did I cancel it? I don't remember canceling. I still got it, bro. I I, I, I just it. I just got the uh, Xenoblade Chronicles two OST from a Japanese bookstore while I was in California. Dude, 
So there are three versions of the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 soundtrack. They're all in types. They There's type A, type B, and type C. Type A, this might be the wrong way in the order, but type A was a specific, specific USB stick. Okay, that's that was not the in one I the, have. It has the emblem. It has yeah, an emblem on it. I remember that one. Um, so that wa- that bitch sold out before I was able to purchase it. Yep. However, I purchased Type B, which contains, I want to say, an extra CD along with the soundtrack. So that actually comes in kind of like a um, a box. Is it a tall white box? No. Oh. No. It's a small white box. So it's a it's a box that you open up and it actually has the CDs inside of it. Oh. And there's also just a regular ass uh, CD version that uh, is one disc less. So here's the crazy part, though. They actually had a printing error on the CDs. Uh Uh, Apparently, I think one of the songs, I think on on one of the discs, I think it might have been disc two. um, When they mastered the the CDs, they fucked up one of the tracks on there. Uh And so you had to... You had to uh, fill out a form in order to receive corrected versions of those CDs. Hmm. So I actually own the Type B and Type C. So I bought the regular ass, regular edition CD set, and I bought the special edition set. And I've been staring at the CD version, not the CD, I'm sorry, the USB version, because that's super fucking expensive. I think people are trying to sell it for like four or five hundred bucks. Jesus. Online. Dude. Yeah. I'm 100 percent. Uh being a vulture trying to find out any information about when the chronicles three soundtrack is coming up because i'm probably going to end up ordering all the versions that they come out with because yeah even even loading up the xenoblade chronicles three game at the title screen the music is fucking epic it's so fucking fucking good so fucking good yeah i watched i watched my friend john play it while we were at uh Crunchyroll, like sitting in the hotel for a little bit and i was like the voice acting is good animation is good Everything looks good, and the fucking music whoops ass. Um, so I'm, all bangers, yeah, uh, absolutely all bangers. I gotta the fuck am I playing right now? Oh, I started playing Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, so who the fuck knows when I'll ever get back to Xenoblade? But god damn it, Monster Hunter so good. Uh, anyways, we got we got a couple more things to get through. We got um. Uh, Xbox announced a new software development kit, which apparently opens up hundreds of additional megabytes of memory for the Xbox Series S. I didn't know about this. This sounds kind of fucking cool. What the fuck is this? It sounds, it sounds kind of fucking cool. So one of the... I may, I a complaint may be a little bit too strong, but so the Xbox Series S is essentially a... Cheap is also a terrible word to use. It's more of a, like a cost-conscious next-gen system so if maybe you're not 100 percent uh caring about you know whether or not you have the best gameplay visuals the best uh you know graphical fidelity you can purchase an xbox series x and still get access to all of these next-gen current-gen i guess if you want to call it uh titles if you want to however um if you are kind of invested in that kind of uh visual quality type aspect of the current gen consoles um outlets like digital foundry uh, when they do their analysis on videos uh, covering the xbox games there's been a bit of a disappointment about how well the xbox series x performs compared to uh you know obviously they're not going to have the highest resolution the highest graphical fidelity but 
they've kind of pointed out that they seem to be a little disappointed at how well it runs some of these games. Hmm. So it gives maybe just a little bit more headroom for developers who want to develop games for the Xbox Series X and the Series S consoles to potentially have just a slightly better graphical fidelity, or if maybe the frame rate was kind of suffering on the Xbox Series S version, that this could potentially help smooth it out. So hmm. it's cool. I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to provide a huge difference for Xbox Series S users, but you could have maybe quality of life improvements. So maybe you will have more stable frame rate, or maybe you'll have a slightly higher uh, resolution. So if it was previously 1080p, maybe you can bump it up to 10 uh, to 1440p or something like that. Um, hmm. Either way, it's just kind of cool that, you know, there may be potential to increasing the headroom of this essentially like cheap system. Because I, I want to say that the Xbox Series X uh, is 500 and the Series S is like 300. Yeah. So you're kind of venturing into Switch territory, right? Yeah. So if you didn't care about the uh, ability to, you know, game on the go, uh, but you still want like really good looking games, the Series S, if you're budget conscious, seems to be the the console for you. And hopefully this also allows you to maybe get a little bit more bang for your buck. Uh, and, uh, and, assuming, and assuming you don't want a disk drive. And well, well that too. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about the disk drive thing. But yes, if you yeah. if you don't care about that, then um that is uh potentially a benefit to you. Um and then we had a we had a new Pokemon Presents uh from Nintendo. Um mm-hmm. and and I'll kind of go through this because I'm I'm a little excited. Uh so it's the first open world Pokemon game. Uh that's also multiplayer. So you can Cue people in, uh, up to you can bring three other people into your fucking game and adventure around. There's three different main stories inside of the game. You can go current, typical story. You can follow gems and go get badges and shit, or you can like fuck around and go do other stuff. Um, kind of the big backlash that we're seeing inside of the community is the Pokemon are you have two different ones that you're introduced to uh, very early in the game. Uh, and they have giant wheels on their chest. Uh, and one of them, oh, so out of the two, right, one of them, mm-hmm. his back legs are jet engines, which is fucking weird. Yeah. Um, and the other one, again, he has a giant wheel on his chest, so he could be a motorcycle. But instead, he just fucking runs. He just fucking runs, and it looks so fucking <laughs> so, stupid. It does. It looks so fucking stupid. Uh they can also glide, so when you jump off of a cliff, they turn into a glider a la, like, you know, Breath wow. of the Wild and stuff like that. Yeah. I was, that's the first thing I thought of. It's just like, oh, okay, so these are going to be mounts yep. that essentially allow you to glide across whatever. Yeah. Uh, they have a new uh, thing coming in there uh, where you crystallize your Pokemon and you change their types uh, and give them new moves. So this is like the... Uh, Mega evolutions and shit like that that you could do are Gigantamax and previous Pokemon games. Um, and so if you early purchase, you get a special Pikachu. Uh, they can fly. Um, and he has the balloons on him. So you get the the old school promotional card, uh, essentially, of flying Pikachu as a actual character in game. Um, 
He has a flying Terra type, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, and you receive a mystery gift in the game. Uh, it requires one and a half hours of gameplay uh, for the mystery gift to unlock. And overall, I, I think the game looks really good. Um, it's a big step up from uh, the you know sword and shield. Um, and it leans into the cool stuff that we, we got to experience in Arceus. So it's, it's, it's fun to me, uh, as a, as a Pokemon fan, uh, although I haven't really enjoyed the new ones, um, <laughs> to see, to see Pokemon venturing out to do something new, uh, something a little bit more exciting, having Pokemon on yeah. the open world, being able to battle them in the open world, having, um, a story that's unique to you, um, so you may go out and venture out and do something completely different than all of your other friends are doing. Um, and again, you can have your friends pop into your game or you can pop into theirs and you can go catch Pokemon together out in the world. There are raid battles. Uh, so there'll be new hives where you fight these giant crystal and Pokemon. Some of them will be super rare. Uh, some of them may be legendary. And uh, if you can beat them with your group of friends, you have the opportunity to catch them and all the other stuff. So I don't know. I have I, a, I have a question. So uh -huh. I, I don't know much about this specific game coming up, but there is a theory or maybe it's con been confirmed at this point that uh, the two different games are in two different timelines. That's what I've heard. Yeah. But I haven't because... seen any confirmation on that. Yeah, so it, that that's the interesting part for me. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see how that plays out, uh, if that's confirmed or not. Now, um, where did where did you hear that information? Because I heard it through word of mouth, and I have not seen any fucking actual videos on it. I it, it's it's probably either through Reddit, through Twitter, or Reset Era. Um, it I think it had something to do with uh, maybe the original the original trailer that was released for this game i this is uh this is spanish inspired right like they they have a, so. that it's you know like old spanish architecture and what i mean by spanish is like spain europe yeah, spain, europeans spain. Yeah. uh latin latin's a terrible word european spanish architecture um however i want to say that when they were kind of going through um, maybe some of the um, professors, you know, the professor at the start of the game, that it seemed like maybe each professor from the different games appeared to be different enough where they thought that they couldn't in, they couldn't exist within the same world in the same timeline. True. And the two uh, Pokemon that you get in the beginning, so the two motorcycles, one is very futuristic and the other one looks like a goddamn dinosaur. Uh, the professor that you deal with in the dinosaur version uh, is wearing shit that looks like the chick from Chrono Trigger that you you pull out of prehistoric era. Oh, and then the the professor you deal with in the version where you get to play on the blue motorcycle with jet engines uh, literally looks like he just rolled out of fucking Back to the Future, uh, you know, uh, with hoverboards and shit. So they're the. When we watched, because Jane and I were like, how the fuck uh, can you sync up and play when your games are literally in different eras of time? Right. Um, but they also alluded to that there's there's multiple story paths 
and they would not fucking talk about them. They were just like, and you'll find out about them at later dates. Um, so maybe that's where the the branching timelines come in, and maybe there's a, an overworld, and that's where you do all of your uh, primary uh, group play and stuff. Super interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm all pre-ordered, pre-ordered up, so I think this is this is going to be the first Pokemon game in a long time that I think I'm actually going to sit down and play. Same, same. I, 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 every time I pick up Sword and Shield, I put it right the fuck back down. Yeah. I do I, not I was like. Not that into game. Sword and Shield. Arceus did not did not really do anything for me. Um, this seems like it's going to be probably Game Freaks. Uh, saving best. grace. They're going to put their best foot forward on this game right here. I sure hope so, man. Uh, I hope so too. I'm tired of uh, Pokemon being a shit tier uh, experience made for young children. Uh, I miss the complexity of Pokemon. Um, not like the old, old games, but like, you know, black and white, X and Y, stuff like that. There was complexity. So um, they did say that um, there's not going to be any, um, what do they call it? So uh, there's no, uh, what is it with level uh level matching when it comes to battles and stuff like that so if you fuck off and get into an area that you're not supposed to oh yeah you're yeah, gonna yeah. steamrolled so yeah uh i love that shit i always hated the the aspect of the the entire world just kind of leveling up with you yep um i enjoyed going to the to this one place like oh man like this enemy looks super cool. I can't wait to fight him. And then just one shot it and just fucking just destroy Just like, uh Oh, I guess I shouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, like that kind of thing. I'm all about that. I'm yeah. all about that. Yeah. So. I, I, I want there to be in, in a world where monsters actively roam around and can be giant. And some of them godlike and celestial beings. Uh, some <laughs> right. of them are created by scientists I mean, these things are, I mean, they're monsters. They're fucking literal monsters that shoot electricity out of their tails, breathe fire. They are dragons. Um, they're cute, but I, I think that there should be some type of fucking fear when I walk around literally as a fucking child, a 12-year-old child <laughs> in, you know, late middle school, maybe early high school, maybe you're 14 in this game. I don't fucking know. Um there should be some fucking fear in your heart as well as excitement when you're, you're, you're venturing around and you should have the ability to get your fucking ass kicked. So 100%. Yeah. I'm all about that. All right. So I think we've droned on enough. Let's go ahead and <laughs> kick through the stuff that you essentially missed. Right. Yeah. Um, so last week, uh, even though we weren't around, there wasn't a whole bunch to talk about. Everybody was essentially just parroting, out either some bullshit that Sony and Microsoft are kind of squabbling about as far as the uh, the um, the acquisition that Microsoft is doing. So they had some some shit over in Brazil where they asked for opinions from all these companies about the acquisition. Sony kind of went off about it. Then Microsoft kind of responded back. Who gives a shit? I, I don't I don't fucking stand any of these companies hard enough. To give a fuck about it. Like they can talk about everything that they will or will not do. Doesn't fucking matter to me. Put your money where your mouth is. If Call of Duty is going to go away and be Xbox exclusive, stop being a poor person. I unfortunately am too old to give a fuck about any of this because I can own a Series X, which I do. I own a PS5. I own a, a good enough 
PC to outperform anything that I own in the living room. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's don't don't take sides. All of these people are out to grift you out of your money. Just some people, not some people, I should say some companies give you a better return for your investment. Agreed. Agreed. Put your money there. Fuck and- everything else. Fuck people on Twitter who give you shit about where you play your games at. We're all fucking gamers. We just want to have fun. We just want to do something where we don't have to focus on our shit bosses, our shit workload, or anything like that. It's all about having fun, man. And don't pay attention to anything that they reveal to investors, regulatory bodies, or even on Twitter. They are all marketing people. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. Put your money where your best return is. On on that topic, I was thinking about this uh, yesterday. I was watching some videos about like, hype and all of this stuff and inside of like the community of gaming and like how uh people are are now looking at investor calls are looking at the number of concurrent players and concurrent player losses over games and how it's affecting uh people's perception of that game so like games right now will be like oh you know they've lost 95 percent of their concurrent players but they are still literally the top like you know top one two or three spot in steam games that are currently being played like PUBG and shit like that like games that are still shitting on people fortnite loss of heavy concurrent players still top tier fucking game world of warcraft heavy loss of concurrent players still top tier game like there's tons of games like that and you if you buy into all of like the the bullshit news it's going to sway you from being excited about the games that you want to play. Remember that games are uh, something that are meant for enjoyment and a bit of escapism. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then inevitably, maybe a little bit of, of, of reflection from the stories. So, you know, yeah. fu- fuck, fuck all of the stuff that, that you're hearing out there um, and enjoy the games that you enjoy. Uh, console specific, you know, who gives a fuck? Don't, don't buy into the... Uh, Sega does what Nintendo don't type of bullshit back in the day. You know? 100%. Yeah. 100%. The, here's the thing. There's very little we can do to really influence these companies. They're all about return on their investment. Yeah, yeah. So if they make a dumb decision that kills a series that you love, it sucks. But you're going to get over it. There is always something else around the corner. And if... Microsoft's purchasing spree is enough to kill Sony off. You know, it is what it is. You're probably invested enough or you have this part of your brain, which requires you to be invested in something that is just going to switch over to something else. Yep. If this all shit, if all the shit implodes next, yep. you know, you know what I mean? Or maybe it just, you just say, fuck it. Uh, Sony isn't able to put, produce any good shit now that Microsoft has purchased everything, whether or not that is to be true or not. Who gives a fuck? Now yeah. you just have to purchase a PC or yeah. you have to purchase an Xbox at that point to enjoy whatever you want to enjoy. Some of these games may not continue forward for whatever reason. That's why we have these the retro gaming scene. You can purchase these games. You can experience. You may not get some new stories. But it is what it is. Yep. It, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. 
You know, these people are not creating stories for the most part. I will not give a blanket statement that everybody is doing this all because money, money, money. The publishers and the developers, the at least the developer, the, the employees at the top, the directors, the C-level people, they're all about the numbers. And yes, you have these creative people who are always about trying to progress the the this genre, this for you know this entertainment medium to tell a unique story in a unique way. They'll always find ways of doing that. It just may not be on the platform that you are currently invested into, and that's okay. Because regardless of whether or not this game will ever come out on the PlayStation 6 or 7, or even if the PlayStation brand exists at that point, you can move over and experience it elsewhere. It'll probably never go away. Yeah. It's just there's people who are very invested that what the decisions that I've made are the correct one, and yours are shit, and they don't matter, and you're the reason why gaming is the way it is right now. You know, yeah. like, it's such a... It's such just a shit attitude and so just over the top. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So with that said, let's give a shitty rendition of the Q2 earnings that a lot of these fucking companies and bullshit <laughs> are doing. Uh, so, yeah. So on the verge of overall game spending is down 13% year over year. 2021 was awesome. Every All the game companies were eating good and getting a whole bunch of profit. We're not spending as much money as we did in 2021. You know, shit moved on. The pandemic came. We were fucking stuck in our houses. We needed something to fucking Bind occupy everything. ourselves. We didn't think about, you know, these these fucking just um, terrible thoughts about the, 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 the state of the world and all of just these uh, existential crises that you might have had that yep. you needed to escape while you were stuck inside your house. 2021 seemed to be the top of that. 2022 is just like, whatever, COVID doesn't exist. I'm going to fucking sneeze on everybody and every convention that I go to from now on. So now we're spending our money elsewhere. So overall game spending is down 30% year over year. Game software sales plummeted 26% year over year. We're finding other shit to do. It happens. Whatever. Uh, Xbox hardware revenue dropped 11%. Uh, 7% overall gaming revenue dropped. 6% drop in content and services. Um, Nintendo, their hardware sales declined 22.9% year over year. Their software sales declined 8.6% year over year. They're going to be fine. We're not spending as much because we got other shit to do now that we're not stuck at the house. It's fine. Whatever. Um, people were wondering if Nintendo and PlayStation are going to raise their prices. They basically came out and said, nah, we're not raising our prices. I love so, it. It is what it is. They're not going to raise the prices. In fact, Nintendo is probably still making way more money on their software, on their hardware sales. Uh, in fact, like the the most interesting thing about Nintendo's earnings was that the um, the Switch Lite was their hardest hit hardware uh, this uh, this fiscal year. That that uh, I think was alone a twenty one percent drop over twenty twenty one. So oh. apparently, people aren't purchasing Switch Lights much anymore. Well, they're still purchasing the more expensive version that is a hybrid whereas the switch Lite was strictly mobile you couldn't dock it well i think the issue is like if you wanted to have a a docked switch plus a switch Lite, and wolfden talks about this a lot is that um you have to have the a premium version of the online service to be able to back your games up to the cloud sometimes that doesn't fucking work 
And for some of your games, most of your games, you have to set your switch up. So like for digital download games, you have to load that other switch up and say, now this is my primary one while you're on Wi-Fi and then go out and then play your fucking games because they're DRM locked to a single switch. And so then you constantly yep. have to be swapping your, your switch. And so if you're a digital only type of person, having two switches is not feasible. You have to be a physical person to have two switches. And at that point, you might as well just have the one switch that you take around and just say, fuck it. You just get the OLED and just get the best of both worlds. No, I get it. Yeah, uh, Nintendo's never been very good at uh, user profiles mm -hmm. and uh, managing your switch. In fact, like, even Xbox and PlayStation, uh, I think more on the Xbox side, you have to have what's considered, like, a home account. Like, this is your default home Xbox. Yep. And what happens is that any other profiles or any other uh, accounts attached to that that main account have limited functionality compared to the home account. Um, that's just the way it is. They don't like people sharing their shit. Um, Nintendo doesn't. PlayStation doesn't. Um, that's how it is, man. Like I said, these companies are not your friends. They're not just like, they're not out to just fucking uh, piss rainbows and happiness in your yeah. face. You know what I mean? So, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it is it is a money generator. Uh, yeah. You know, just like and all entertainment. They, so, And that's how they treat it. And that's why we're we're more getting towards the subscription model when it comes to these services. So, you know, Xbox Game Pass is relatively cheap for what you're for what you're receiving you know you get a lot of the microsoft first party titles they're mm -hmm. the base version so you don't get a lot of the you know deluxe features or like the dlcs with it but essentially you get the the first party game the base game for free um it's but, better than you know over the course of a year you're probably spending less than the cost of maybe two new games yeah you know so the, down, the downside with those subscription subscription services though is like games pop in and out all the time. So like yeah, um, so you may be in the middle of playing. Like I was in the middle of playing. Uh, fuck, I can't remember the name of the game, but it was it only by the time I signed up for the Xbox subscription, I, the game was only there for fourteen more days, and I didn't realize that. And I was like having a really good time with it, and then then it was just gone. Yeah, so, they will train you now that you've signed up you've been trained that these titles are temporary yeah and so you will potentially invest more time to make sure that you have your experiences before these titles leave yeah it locks you and, into their ecosystem for sure yeah and you know uh nintendo online and playstation are now you know they're they're pushing forward to give you the same kind of feeling although mm -hmm. we don't know much about um PlayStation, how they're going to treat some of these, uh, you know, unowned titles, like a lot of these third party games that are popping up in their uh, PlayStation uh, Premium and uh, Deluxe. I, I forget what the other two, they need to get their naming shit yeah, together. Really it's terrible names. Um, we don't know how that's going to work, how these games are going to kind of uh, slide in and slide out. So there's still a lot of unknowns with that. So it could just be the same thing that you you hop in uh you know you pay your you pay your money to experience this subscription service and realize that the game that you signed up for is only going to be available for the next you know week the next couple of days because you didn't know and 
maybe it's it's something that kind of gets lights a fire under your ass to to be a little bit more cognizant and follow yeah. how these subscription services work and and whatnot. Who knows? But I think at, at the end of the day, most people are, would rather spend, you know, the 10, 20 bucks, $15, you know, the Netflix subscription. Yeah. Rather than having to pay for, you know, 60, 70 bucks uh, yep. for a new game that pops in if Agreed. you don't have to. Agreed. If so, you're only paying, if you're only paying, playing one or two games a month, I mean, I think the subscription services is a way to go. Probably. So it's, it's a losing battle as far as like the, the physical aspect of things. So it's, it's something, uh, in fact, I believe that Sony came out and said that in one of their, one of their reports that the, the division between digital and physical sales. And I don't, I, rem, I don't remember what the breakdown was, but they claimed that it was 80, 20%. So 80% digital sales compared to 20% Jesus, sales. dude. So the pandemic really kind of maybe... Uh, well, the pandemic killed fucking uh, brick and mortar stores, right? So like yeah. people, people just physically, they weren't going out uh, out of fear. Uh, and, some, and in some cases, they literally couldn't leave because some locations just didn't allow you to leave your house. Uh, or to go to these places. So like it was right. order online, have it delivered to your house or get it immediately digitally. And I have to fucking worry about it. Right. So I, I get it. I get why the, the paradigm changed, which is probably yeah. why like these subscription <laughs> services are doing so fucking well right now. So, uh, the word I was looking for, but I, I didn't want to say masturbate cause that's probably what it was going to come out. Mm -hmm. Uh, extra ex exurbate. Exer, ex exacerbate exacerbate there you go exacerbate too much alcohol that's what happens so and i'm just this is what i get for trying to use like sat words in this in this bullshit that i'm spouting out of my mouth but um <laughs> it basically exacerbated the the speed up for things like this like you said like if we are not able to go into brick and mortar stores and purchase these games then fuck it. The next easiest thing to do, purchase digital. Yep. You know, and apparently a whole bunch of people did, according to Sony, and some of the reporting that 80% of game sales during a certain period of time were all digital. Damn, that's wild. So it could be that we're seeing the last death, the last death nails of, of physical games. And um, yeah. So we'll see. In fact, like I've actually, I've actually spread my, my search, my eBay searching into uh, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and even PlayStation 5 games. Damn. So now, uh, at this point, like, I stopped. I'm stopping, for the most part, I'm stopping purchasing any games on a release date if I can't get to it. I'd rather pay the 25 bucks, the 20 bucks for a used copy. Because what are you receiving these days anyways for a physical copy? And, you know, and, like a and, health and warning label pamphlet? Yeah. Or uh, just, it's basically just... Uh, you get to open uh, the cellophane yourself? Yeah, open the cellophane, and all you get is a disc. They, yeah. even, they, even, they don't even have, like, full uh, game cases anymore, because now they have, like, holes and, like, uh, things, like, cut into them to uh, save on plastic. Yep. You know what I mean? So the, the feeling of opening something up and looking at all the goodies inside of these games is no longer a thing Do anymore. You, you don't get a manual. You don't get shit. 
Do you think that's Maybe why you get we were a DLC code? Yeah. Do you think that's why we were were so amped about physical versus like you know the the Zoomers and 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 younger millennials because we grew up with opening a box and having a giant fold out map, a fucking poster. We had uh, tie ins with Nintendo Magazine, like the, the yeah. Nintendo Power, all this other stuff. Like there was so much, you know, with with working design games. They all came with like cloth maps and like small wall scrolls and like uh, music CDs, the fucking making of the game, like where you get to see the developers and the voice actors and all of all of this shit. Like we've missed out on so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I guess a lot of it is inflation because the cost of games hasn't changed too much, uh, maybe by like 10, That's $20. True. Uh, so the only way to get away from that is to reduce the physical media, right? And so, the the first the first time I've ever I ever experienced this was with the original Dragon Warrior on the mm-hmm. NES. So Nintendo Power actually ran a a promotion where if you signed up for a year of Nintendo Power, they gave you Dragon Warrior for fucking free. Yep, 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 yep. And I did that. Um, I. I saw the registration card. I told my mom, like, yo, I want to sign up for this because I'm going to get a game. And I submitted it, and then they they shipped it out to me. And inside of the original Dragon Warrior copy, there was a letter from, I think, one of the editors-in-chief of Nintendo Power saying, like, thank you for doing this, and blah, blah, blah. You got a guidebook, which essentially guided you through. Because, like, this is, like, the original RPG. So... If you're a if you're an American person who has never experienced this type of game, you have no idea what the fuck to do. Yeah, you didn't you play Dungeons up. and Dragons, yeah. like you, you are fucked. Yeah, you pop up, you have some text boxes, and just like so, I just walk around and shit. Like I walked around, and then this thing just killed me, and I immediately went back to the start of the game. What the fuck is going on, dude? I so, I literally booted up Dragon Warrior One uh, the other day on uh, my phone. It was playing through it, and you talk to the king. He's like, open yeah. that. He's like, talk to that dude beside you. You talk to him, and he was like, yo, dog, get the fuck out of here and go kill some shit. And then, like, you walk out of the town, and you instantly get fucking bodied. There's like yeah. slimes, some slimes, and then all oh, a skeleton. You are dead. You You're are dead as dead, shit. Dude. Yeah. I was so, like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. And so you got a, they gave you an adventure guidebook, or I think that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it guided you essentially through like the first like 15 levels. So, and it did it in the, and it did it in a great way. So it was kind of like a mini kind of like a strategy guide, right? Yeah. So it told you like, Hey, Hey idiot. I don't know if you know this, but if you talk to that motherfucker over there, this dude actually sells items. You know that you can get like armor and shit. Yeah. It makes, it makes the enemies uh, that hit you uh give you less damage yeah or you can actually do more damage if you buy like weapons and fuck mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it ga- it went through all of that just like yo hey you know you got to find this thing you have to find this item this is what you need to do for like the first you know 10 hours of the game so you followed the guidebook and it basically walked you through the first uh the first like 10 hours of the game yeah uh on top of that you got two maps two fucking maps uh one and i think they were both double sided too so one of the maps uh, gave you a actual uh, map of the entire game world, right? Hell yeah. On the back side, they actually had a bestiary that listed all of the fucking uh, all the fucking enemies in the game. I don't think they listed like 
entirely like all of their, their HP values, but it told you like uh, their level, the the HP for most of them, uh, the experience points that you were going to be given, the spells that the, some of these creatures had. So it basically told you like, yo, like here's everything here. There was another map included that even outlined some of the dungeons, like some of the caves that you walk into, it gave you a full map with it. Hmm. So you got to see the layout of these things. They even had a card that came with it that explained to you what these items did and what these spells did. So if you earned heal, it said, yo, dumbass, this allows you to cast this. It takes this much MP and you receive this much HP when you cast it, when you cast the spell. Hmm. So you got a lot of that shit back in the day. These days, like I think even with like the Wii U, starting with the Wii U and I think the PS4, uh, they basically became like these digital guides. Yep. So I think for the Wii U, you had to like literally go to like the game icon and then press a button. And then there's like a game, there's like a guide button or yeah. a manual button where it essentially just gives you like a digital version of just like instructions on how to play the game. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was my, that was my idea of what purchasing games was about. You spend 20 bucks or if you purchased a real game like uh, Final Fantasy where, you know, for like 50, 60 bucks, you just got all the shit with it because they're just like, yo, you're probably not going to know what the fuck you're doing. So here's a whole bunch of shit to kind of help you through your journey. Yeah. And like, I, I love like the nuance inside of like old, uh, R, like JRPG, uh, books like Final Fantasy 7 like it gave you a history of the character a little bit of like mm. how you're going to be introduced to them it gave you their fucking age their height their weight like maybe their favorite fucking food like really stupid shit to help you like think about this character as you play as them because RPGs uh, in essence are supposed to be like immersive and games in general are probably supposed to all be immersive right like you want to be kind of encapsulated and escape into this reality, right? So, like, uh, the books and all that stuff were an extension of that media that you're about to experience and to get you primed yeah. and ready. And so you miss that now. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, this makes me, you know, I'm, I'm makes me mad, <laughs> to, be, to be honest. Uh, like, how, how we've, uh, I don't know, been taken away from. In, in terms of like what you get, which is probably yeah. why you and I buy so much collector's edition stuff. Cause we're just like, I still <laughs> really want that fucking cloth map. This smells like shit. Um, yeah. You know, I want the guidebook that has scratch and stiff Snickers in it. And, uh, the sticker smells like a fart. So I, I have, uh, a max bid that is out of control right now for one of the, the lunar games on PS one. I have a crazy bid because this motherfucker is putting up the auction. The, the, the condition of the case, mm -hmm. the, the cardboard case that holds all of the uh, collector's stuff is in fucking impeccable. It oh. is so clean. It is so it's clean. It's worth it then. It's worth it then. Cause you, yeah. you can't get them where they're not like tattered and, and like rolled or, you know, humidity's done them in a little bit and they're a little swollen. Yeah. Um, so and those those boxes get fingered so hard trying to get the games in all the time. Did did I ever tell you? I might have told you. Um, I actually have a like this this thin metal file. So, for those who don't know, I I'm a big 
uh, complete inbox collector of uh, Nintendo games. And I want to say this. I never told you this directly, but okay. I remember once when I was telling you about getting all these games, I remember showing up to your house with the game cartridges in like the little carrying case from Nintendo. And you seemed a little, uh, not upset, but maybe sad that I didn't actually bring the entire like box, box with it. Yeah. It's because I'm super, I'm super anal and specific about handling them. So this little thin metal file I use to actually raise the, uh, the top of the cartridge box, because if you use your thumb to kind of dig into it, it and it. pull it out, you end up like, like creasing the the center of it in order to lift it so i got into the habit of taking this metal file sticking it underneath pushing forward so that way the little tabs the cartridge uh, the cardboard tabs that hold the the top in place it pulls it forward enough so that way it doesn't catch on the tabs oh. i can cleanly pull it up damn i'm such i'm such a little bitch when it comes to it though I mean, fuck. I mean, if you if you're trying to keep it in pristine quality, like I mean, that's that's what you have to do, right? Otherwise, yeah, the game has to come out of the box and always sit there, uh, yeah. which is kind of fucking annoying. Uh, why? Since we've rambled for like twenty fucking minutes, we still have one more thing to get through, and uh, that's uh, <laughs> okay. I, the, I almost just wanted to skip it, but we um, we'll, we'll get through it. There's so yeah. we got the Xbox Game Pass shit that's coming out. Uh, uh, this month, so August, uh, we got a Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, it comes out August second. That's console, PC, and cloud. We got Shenzhen IO. Shenzhen IO. I don't know what that is. Yeah, me either. If you're into it, it's August fourth, and it's PC only. Uh, we got Turbo Turbo Golf Racing August fourth, console, PC, and cloud. Two Point Campus, which looks actually really fucking good, August 9th, console, PC, and cloud. Dude. Cooking Simulator. Go ahead. I, so before you continue, I just want to say that I was a huge fan of the theme games back in the day. Mm -hmm. So theme hospital is the, uh, inspiration for two point. Uh, they had two point hospital, I think. And then there's two point campus. Mm -hmm. So, um, I fucking love the fuck out of those games. And it was a bullfrog game from back in the day. Oh, they no longer exist. But Bullfrog was uh, the pioneer of these kind of games. It's so good. Damn. All right. All right. So the, at, at least it's coming from. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what word I was thinking there. It's getting late. Um, we got Cooking Simulator. Uh, if you want to cook, uh, August 11th, Console PC Cloud, Expeditions Rome. I'm not entirely too sure what that is either. Uh, that's August 11th, PC only right now. Uh, Off-World Trading Company, August 11th for PC. Midnight Flight Express, August 23rd, console and PC. And Immortality, uh, August 30th for console and PC. Yes, sir. Ooh. This is so. Been... It's been wild. And yeah. I just want to... God damn it. So I'm going to talk about this only because we talked about it earlier as far as like special editions is concerned. Right. So as far as... As far as my dumbass, what my dumbass has done, as far as like Square Enix Japan is concerned, I have a ton of shit from Amazon Japan that's also coming soon. Jesus. But um, I know. Uh, so the thing is, is like you can't get physical soundtracks in America. You have to purchase it from Amazon Japan. Yep. Everybody lists their shit on Amazon Japan. So I have a whole bunch of fucking soundtracks. I have some Street Fighter 2 soundtracks. I don't know why I purchased them, but they're coming. They're coming in August. Um, 
But on top of that, it's one of the reasons why I purchased from X, uh, from Square Enix Japan. So the last thing that I purchased was Star Ocean 6. So Star Ocean, is it Star Ocean 6? Uh, yeah, the Divine Force. So there's a limited edition that's uh, Square Enix Japan only. Yep. It comes with a five-disc soundtrack, which apparently is going to be unique uh, to this bundle. It may be sold separately later on. They're not too sure if the five disc version is going to be sold later on, but there's a four disc version, which has plans to be sold in Japan later on. But I purchased the collector's edition because fuck it. Why not? I, I'm, I, I already have an American version coming. I just wanted that version in the house. I literally, when you said it's Japan only and it's a five disc audio CD, like the OST, my gut reaction was to rip this fucking microphone off the stand and sling it through the fucking wall. Uh, not because of your, your desire to purchase it, just because of like how fucking shitty it is to not be Japanese sometimes when you just want the full experience of the goddamn game that you want to play and enjoy the media fully and get the cool shit. Uh, but I get why they're doing it right now. Uh, everybody's fucking doing it. And it's, again, thank you, uh, Global Pandemics, um, uh, for spreading all over the place, because that's what you do in a global pandemic. And thank you for shutting down literally all the world's infrastructure and shipping uh, and making resources really fucking hard to come by. And uh, also uh, wars. Yeah, wars keep going. Keep fucking shit up. Thank you. Um all I want to do is play fucking video games. Can you just like, I don't know, stop, stop fucking wish it. I don't, I don't know, whatever, but Jesus Christ. My fucking disc OST. Yeah. Suck and my, then, uh, suck my whole butt. On top of that, uh, uh-huh. uh, Forspoken, which got memed the fuck, uh, completely memed the fuck out, mm-hmm. uh, over their last little trailer that they did. I actually purchased a fucking Square Enix Japan only collector's edition of that game because, again, it comes with a four disc soundtrack. I think one of the discs is unique to this bundle because the soundtrack itself will be sold at a later date. I don't know. And it comes with like a shirt and an art book and I think a steel case or something like that. I don't give a fuck about any of this stuff. I just wanted the soundtrack. So I purchased the fuck out of that. That's coming into December 2023. And I think I just got this one earlier this today, uh, earlier this month or last month. Uh, Legend of Mana. So there is a remake of Legend of Mana for the PS4. I ordered the fuck out of the collector's edition too, because again, oh, it comes with a soundtrack. I do remember that they remade that shit, dude. Legend of Mana was so fucking good. That's the one where yeah. you have like the uh, land building thing where you have to put down seeds or whatever and grow like your next area that you're going to go to. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess to continue on this, let me just fucking go over the last shit that I ordered for Amazon Japan because I'm a, I'm a fucking consumer whore. So uh, Valkyrie Elysium, the original soundtrack, that's being released sometime in October 10th through the 19th. I purchased the fuck out of that. There is a Street Fighter 2. Looks like this is the, uh, the, I think it's just like all of Street Fighter 2. Shit. I don't know. This is like Street Fighter 2. Oh, this is Street Fighter 2 specifically for the Super Famicom and the Mega Drive. So the so the console versions of Street Fighter 2. That's the soundtrack for that. The next seems like it's a Street Fighter 2 Turbo soundtrack. And then out of I don't know why they would do this. The original Street Fighter game. 
before Street Fighter Two came out, the original yeah. shitty first person, uh, not first person, but the uh, the you know the one v one Street Fighter One game. I purchased that soundtrack for no fucking reason. Uh, uh, Live Alive HD two D remake. I purchased the fuck out of that soundtrack. I bet that one bumps I, though. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it does. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Uh, Tales of Arise, I purchased that fucking soundtrack. Um, Strangers of Paradise, there's a whole bunch of soundtracks in here. Triangle Strategy, and not just that, I'm even going through Yahoo auctions in Japan. Damn, to get some. I got a I got a soundtrack in the other day. It's for a game called Rain, which was a digital only release in America. There was a physical release of the game in English in like some Asian countries, and Japan is the only region that actually got a soundtrack for that game so i purchased the fuck out of that even the the mana series uh mm-hmm. or the seiken densetsu series there's a book there's a book that basically i think does all of the games up until like the ps2 era uh that comes in like this green this green long case and it's literally a book and i think it's like i think it's like what like 15 or 20 cds worth of music from like the nes game boy super nintendo playstation playstation 2 versions like i'm looking at that i'm looking at that to import i got a whole bunch of shit one of these days i actually want to show you the um the the soundtrack collections that i got because i even went so far as to get uh so like for chrono trigger yeah for whatever reason chrono trigger has various different soundtracks that use various different versions of the soundtrack so there's some that are like, uh, I think it was like DS only. So apparently the DS had its own specific sounding soundtrack that wasn't necessarily 100% identical to the original. What the fuck? Um, yeah. So I have like three different versions of um, Chrono Trigger soundtrack. One is the original release of the soundtrack that was in like the mid 90s. And then I think I have two re-releases that happened in like the early 2000s. Oh, I got some shit, bro. Final Damn. Fantasy, I got some shit too. Damn. Damn. You fucking yeah. killing it, dude. I'm kind of jealous. So one of these days. Yeah. One of these days. I don't know if you'd be jealous or not. Just like, how much money did you spend? That's no, fucked up. Bro. No, I don't I don't I try not to think about the money. I think about like the enjoyment and stuff because money is temporary, enjoyment's forever. So here's another fucked up thing that I got recently. Um, okay. Castlevania. So Castlevania, uh-huh. they had, they released like two different soundtracks and these were like eight to 10 disc a piece or some bullshit like that. Okay. So, oh God, let me see. And they weren't, they, they obviously weren't cheap, uh, but I got the, uh, but I got those motherfuckers too. I love Castlevania music. I fucking love it. Same dude. I, so, I still jam uh, Symphony of the Night pretty often. Yeah, so they have they have like this, they have like this uh, this black version, and I think they had uh, another one which was supposed to be like a white version. So I think the black version was some of the older titles, and the other version was like PS One and above. And so there's you know it's like 10, 10 12 discs a piece um, that I got from this, and then on top of that, I even got a, another box set of Castlevania game music that was older than this hmm. so i'm i'm in i'm deeply invested <laughs> i'm deeply invested in this shit bro hell yeah dude fuck well uh i guess whenever we do our like in person 
Um, yeah. Come up there and check it out and shit. For sure, man. Hell For sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we're good on this episode, man. It's been I think uh, we're good. It's been way hours? too long. Yeah. I thought I thought we were gonna knock through this quick because of how much I figured some of this was kind of throwaway news. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we spent uh, more time than I was expecting. Not a bad thing. No. Um, it was we, it was good. Yeah, we I went through a lot of fun tangents, man. Yeah. And it was it was fun getting back into this. Um, having the week break, uh, I guess was I guess was all right because it kind of felt like there wasn't really much to talk about. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of glad we were able to to really stretch out. Seems like a very terrible thing to say, but <laughs> well, we we were able uh, to hop back in and like find yeah. find a good vibe and like dig through some fun stuff and mm-hmm. and and I felt like we we each had like some good views on. Uh, some of the games are just like the the movement of the industry or like perception of like companies and stuff like that. Um, and and you know being being two old dudes, uh, doing old dude shit. I think we we had a lot of good insight on like, um, just views and stuff on like inflation and shit that kind of sucks. So. Yeah, agree. It was, yeah. it was fun. always, always fun, man, doing this with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess let's wrap it up then. Uh, yeah. I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. And thanks for watching Pixels and Pints podcast. We are two dudes who talk about video game news and drink pints. That's right. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit the bell if you're on YouTube. Uh, we're also available on pod, on podcast platforms like Apple Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So give us a follow there. Listen to us in the background, man. We're going to be here. Try to be here every week. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, bar, you know, trips like Magfest and shit like that. We yeah. should do a we should do a podcast at Magfest. That'd be fun. We should. That would be a terrible idea, but the best idea all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Until <laughs> next week. Uh, thanks for watching. Until next week, guys. Later.